Who's Kaiser Sosei? He's supposed to be Turkish. Some say his father was German. Nobody ever believed he was real. One story the guys told me, the story I believe, was from his days in Turkey. There was a gang of Hungarians that wanted their own mob. They realized that to be in power, you didn't need guns or money or even numbers. You just needed the will to do what the other guy wouldn't. After a while, they come into power and then they come after Soze. He was small time then, just running dope, they say. They come to his home in the afternoon looking for his business. They find his wife and kids in the house and decide to wait for Soze. He comes home to find his wife raped and children screaming. They tell him they want his territory, all his business. Soze looks over the faces of his family. Then he showed these men of will what ill really was. Him, he would rather see his family dead than live another day after this. He lets the last Hungarian go. He waits until his wife and kids are in the ground, and then he goes after the rest of the mob. He kills their kids, he kills their wives, he kills their parents and their parents' friends. He burns down the houses they live in and the stores they work in. He kills people that owe them money. And like that, than an hour. Aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps fate today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist, and should we win the day, the 4th of July And 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of February, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the partially appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Friday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. It's 503 
970. 503-733-2970. You want to be part of the program today. You want, you should jaw at us. Uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, Richie, two girls for 30 cents. Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to uh, pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. Or, you know, whatever's inside your head that needs to get up. 503-733-2970. You can uh, join us right now if you'd like. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you want. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. It is Friday, and welcome to Day 12. Thank you for joining us. Heard the illustrious sounds of Bill Pullman giving those oh, lines. Oh, you know you love it. As only he can recite them. Tim noted that while we were playing that, because I meant to bring in the Lost Boys speech today, and then I think my wife canceled the taping of the Lost Boys to watch Celebrity Rehab or Project Runway or something. She needed more help in resolving the skirt. So I, I didn't have any Lost Boys, and I came in today and I was looking on the YouTube for Lost Boys, and all I could find. The, there's only two things I, I... I take that back. There's only three things I could find for the Lost Boys on YouTube. One was the trailer, which is, is sort of okay. The trailer for Lost Boys, because it's, it's a lot of whatever the kid's name is, Michael Smith. Michael Smith is living in a new town, but there's something he doesn't know. But then it's just a lot of sound effects and visual things don't work on the radio. Then there's a lot of homemade, uh, like, Lost Boys music videos, where it's like some guy's dirty old band... Uh, has recorded a cover of People Are Strange, because that's what we all need to hear. And then they've just put a whole slideshow of stills from the Lost Boys over said Dirt Heel song. And then the third thing, when you type in Lost Boys to YouTube, all you get is just a lot of clips of that big, muscly, shirtless guy who's all greased up and playing the saxophone. That's it. Those are the only three things. So the scene I was looking for, which is Corey Haim running into the Frog Brothers at the comic store, I couldn't find it all. So I just sort of punted, and I went with the usual suspects. The usual suspects followed it up with a chaser of Bill Pullman. And so as we're playing the Independence Day thing, Tim noted that... What, how did you put it? When, the, when historians of the future look back at the... Look back at late 20th century cinema, that Independence Day will be part of the golden age of film going? Yes, Bill Pullman will be the Cagney of his era. <laughs> they laughed at Cagney then. Okay. Well, I'm laughing at Bill Pullman now, so I guess I'm ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Here's what's uh, coming up today. Final pair of Rush tickets. Uh, we will endeavor to give those away today. Rush at the Amphitheater, Clark County, Ridgefield, Washington. Sunday, June uh, 1st. You can buy them tomorrow. They go on sale 10 a.m. Ticketmaster, all Ticketmaster outlets. Uh, but today, your uh, your last chance to beat the box office, as they say. Final pair of Rush tickets uh, today. We'll also announce the uh, glorious bastard of the week. Uh, Hick Watch coming up today. Corpse. The Hick Watch really is exceptional. I almost don't even want to tease it because it's impossible for me to tease it without just blurting out the whole thing. But Tim and I were talking about it today. It is the best possible state for this for this Hick Watch to take place in. It really is quite wonderful. Uh, so Hick Watch today. Corpse Watch. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, here's all I'll say about the Hickwatch today. Is it does come to us from Mike Huckabee's state. So he's got yet one more thing to be proud of in, in his community. Um, Corpse Watch today. Uh, Aaron Geek in the city. Uh, Duran will join us uh, today from FilmFeverRadio.com. Uh, let's see. Lisa Desjardins, I believe, joining us from an airport. So I can make yet more almost famous references. Uh, so she's on her way back to... Um, 
On her way back to D.C. from, I guess, Memphis or something. In any event. So she's. Uh, we're talking to her before she gets on plane today. Uh, let's see. Steve Kastenbaum uh, joining us today from New York. And he. We really have no reason to talk to Steve today because, A, we're kind of done with the Heath Ledger thing, Ledger thing. And, B, we talked about the mafia arrest yesterday. That was so much fun. But I realized that we didn't talk about the mafia bust with Steve. So it really Maybe is... we should prepare in advance and get him his mafia name. That's a great idea. Well done. You've earned your pay today, Sarah Dillon. That's a great idea. All right. So we're going to find Steve Kastenbaum's mafia name. And uh, we'll... Uh, and it's better that we do it with him as opposed to like Bob Costantini, where that might just cause awkwardness. So, uh, all right. And he's already got noodles anyway. Yeah. All right. Um... <clears throat> Let's see. So there you go. That's it. Uh, Rush tickets. Uh, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, Aaron Duran, Hick Watch, Corpse Watch, Glorious Bastard of the Week. Uh, it's the worst song you've ever heard. And uh, more tales of whatnot and so forth. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. All right. We have a whole barrel of stories here today. At the top of the news, two gangbangers are jailed after two men are shot in a Woodburn laundromat. A turtle swims from Indonesia to Oregon. A famed musician finally admits with no one else is willing to. That music cannot change the world for the better. Florida police is swabbing miles at random traffic stops looking for an elusive serial killer. Are you sure they're cops? That's what they claim to be. Wasn't just some guy in a white panel van? A donkey is wanted by a small town to help with the shopping. A Colorado politician who called unwed teenage women sluts apologizes for the remark. Pussy. All right. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hey, how about that fire drill we just had? Um, that was awesome. And usually when people say it's a real fire drill in here, they're just talking about a relative state that was of... the most deafening noise. There's a, This building is filled with sirens. There's one that goes off whenever there's, like, a kidnapped baby or something. And there's one that goes off whenever there's, a, I don't know, like, locusts that are about to attack us. And then there's one that... But I don't think... Is the, is the alarm for the... Is the Amber Alert alarm the same thing as the alarm for, like, when there's a flood? Do we even know? I don't, I don't know. So. That's I the first time I've heard a fire alarm in this building. Yeah, and then we have one that tells us if the, if the transmitter has been, you know, gone off the air That's somehow. what I thought it was. That's what I thought, too, because the occasion, like, there's been, like, there'll be wind or something, and the transmitter gets knocked off. Because I saw Matt go into the uh, transmitter area with a shrink gun. Not that he'd do something like that. No. But that was... Maybe something happened. <laughs> Not that it would. You thought that maybe the engineer, the engineer had turned on his soldering iron at the yeah. wrong the wrong place and... There was like a bit, or that he had just tripped like in a cartoon and fallen into a big button that said off. <laughs> a huge red button, turn station off. So I was using the facilities while this is going on and thinking nothing of it. Then I we come out the building empty. No, we thought you'd been we thought you'd been killed by the flames. Um, so here's what happened. So about about I don't know ten minutes before we get ready to go on the air, there's this deafening siren in the hallway, and everybody and we all do that thing right where. Because I don't think we've ever had a fire drill or a real fire here, and so none of us knew what the fire alarm really said. Let me, can I just say this? Can I just put forward just a little observation here, just me endeavoring to keep uh, society safer? How about if you're going to have a fire alarm, how about you just have it say, hey, there's a fire, as opposed to just some sort of amorphous alarm that could mean any one of a dozen things? Because we all immediately thought... Uh, that it was an alarm saying the station had gone off the air. No one thought. If Lisa Adams uh, from Movement hadn't come down and like started corralling us like some sort of sort of slightly angry den mother and kicking us all outside, I would have just stayed here in the studio working on my Me show too. prep. So at least we know that now that Lisa is the fire captain of the building. Oh man, I didn't know that. Before. Really? No, it's like she did everything but duct tape us and throw us out in the parking lot. She was it was actually kind of cool. So. But I mean, the, the, the alarm just started going off, and I was just sort of ignoring it. Anyway, so we all get out there in the parking lot. 
And here's the other thing. You want to talk about it? It's a real case of the boy who cried wolf because I don't know. I don't think I've ever been in a real fire for one thing. But did you notice that because buildings and offices, and I know that it would probably offices and corporations and businesses of all kinds do fire drills, but did you notice that whenever there's that fire alarm that goes off, no one ever believes there's really a fire. Everyone automatically assumes it's a drill. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? You take your time, stop by, maybe get another cup of coffee, maybe go grab your coat, maybe pick up some important documents that you'd like to file while you're standing outside in the front. No one ever believes there's a real fire. If there was a real fire, we'd all be dead because we just re- we respond very lackadaisically to the whole thing. And then you were in the bathroom the whole time. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, you would have died with dignity, at least. I, I was uh-huh. in the, the handicap restroom. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. So it has the, That's a private bathroom with a deadbolt. So you would have died. You would, Tim, you would have died as you lived. I would lived. have been roasted. Well, that wasn't the way I was going to go with that, oh. but okay. <laughs> I was going to say that you died with dignity and, and privacy and solitude. I suppose so. As he lived, so shall ye pass. Well, in any event. So, anyway, hi, Sarah, how are you? I'm well. Can I repeat this great thing that somebody said to you last night? Yes. So Sarah's out on the town last night gallivanting about, living the high life, as she often does. Living so Tim and I can experience life and society vicariously through her. Mm-hmm. Sarah's out last night. She runs into somebody who recognizes her, and he says, oh, hey, you're that Sarah. And she says, yeah. And he says, quote, I thought you'd be older and uglier. <laughs> Which is wonderful. I mean, not for us. Which I'm like, okay, well, I guess that means I look young and not as ugly as you thought. But I'm like, wait, what do I sound like? Score. Yeah. It's a lose-lose Aim situation. High. Well, it, it, that is sort of a reversal of the typical situation. Because you know how it is. If you work in radio, people always think you're taller and better looking than you really are. Like it, when you meet somebody, and maybe less so now uh, that you know with the internet and and the people being able to really you know because I've been doing that thing about going out and knocking on the doors of listeners and saying hey thanks for listening and you know uh, most of them I have to go like hello I'm Rick Emerson yes I'm this lame I'm at your house but a lot of them will recognize me right off and that's sort of weird because that I guess they could have met me at a listener event or something but a lot of that is I think the internet. But I remember in the days before the web, you would just sort of, you would run into a, like you'd be doing a remote at like, I don't know, like some swimming pool outlet or something on a Saturday, hating your life, and listeners would come by, and they'd, they'd say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for that Rick Emerson. You go, that's me. And they kind of go, oh. And you just sort of see, like, you see their eyes just sort of dim. No, the guy who called yesterday said this um, ex-girlfriend thought that you were good looking. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, but. But I'm more concerned with the fact divorced. that I sound She's probably desperate. Do I sound oh, I sound old and ugly when I talk? Well, I didn't want to come up. And, oh, okay. Nobody wanted to be the one to tell you, Sarah. Um, well, experience in this building, uh, in this industry, tells us that the girls with the sexiest voices aren't always oh that way. Boy, how how true is that? I mean, it's and am every, I being kind? I can see you holding yourself back too. The I, mean, I can name many. Name one. I'm not going to name you. <laughs> <laughs> no. He almost got you, <laughs> No, no, no. Um, did you ever work? Let me ask you this then. I won't, we won't use names. But here's... And I don't mean to pick on women here, but uh, since we are talking about Sarah and the fact that she's, quote, not as old or ugly as the guy thought she would be. Um, if you work in radio, there are a few archetypes. And I think this is true for male jocks, too, because there's only so many, you know, in terms of, like, DJs, there's only so many different types of DJs. So if you work in radio long enough, you will work with all of these types of people. There is, um, like, in the male side of things, there's always that guy that talks like this, like he just... It's like that guy in the Private Parts movie, The Duke of Rock. There's the Duke of Rock, baby. We've all worked with a guy just like that. Here's another guy, if you work on radio, 
and I don't mean to sound like I'm doing a bad stand-up bit, but if you work in radio, here's another guy you'll always run into. You will always work with a DJ who is under the impression that he is on all the time. Because if you run into him in the kitchen, in the hallway, in the comp, by the Xerox machine... He talks like a cheap joke sheet. <laughs> exactly. Totally. <laughs> and he is that guy who... As I've often noted, he's that guy in the office who on New Year's Eve goes, Hey, I'll see you next year, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and all, the often wearing bad sunglasses on like some sort of horrible lanyard around his neck. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah and giving you the thumbs up. The, I used to work with a guy, I'll just give his first name, his name was Sean. Do you know that commercial we run where the guy goes, Hey, man, I used to, I swear to God I worked with like his doppelganger. I used to work with a guy in another state. His name was Sean. And this is what Sean's outfit was every single day. This is what he wore. He wore, like, bad sort of, like, gym shorts. But, like, like mid, like half up way up his thigh. Like, way shorter than you really ought to. Uh, a, golf a golf shirt. Not, not with the collar up, but still a golf shirt. He had a corduroy baseball cap. And then he had, like, aviator sunglasses on, like, a bad sort of cloth, uh, you know, lanyard or whatever you call that thing around his neck. And then he would, you know, he ended the big Ned Flanders molestache. And you would see him in the hallway, and he would, completely without irony, he would give you the finger pistol, and then he'd say, Hey, guy, how's it going? Every day. Mm -hmm. I, uh, hey, buddy. That, guy, that bastard probably said, Hey, guy, how's it going? To me, 5,000 times in the year or so that I had the misfortune of working next door to him. And, of course, he worked at a bright AC station. You know, so he'd get out there and he'd talk, Hey, we got some Mariah Carey coming up for you out there, and I want you to hang real close because we're going to get that Celine Dion out to you as well. Hey, guy, how's it going? Every single day he would say that to you. In terms of female DJs, uh, there is always, there's always a woman who works at the rock station, and she always has a name like... Um, Trying to come up with a name that hasn't actually been used. She always is very careful. <laughs> she always has a name like like Helen Wheels. Huh. That's always it's always a name, and I've never, to my knowledge, worked with a woman who used that name. But it is always a name like that. Your real name is like Thelma Pickens. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Thelma uh, Pinowitz. <laughs> but yeah, but she gets on the air. Just, I am Helen Wheels, and she always has. She's got the raspy, like bad cigarette voice. And it's like you do, if you lean close enough to the radio, it's like you can you can smell the Winston lights coming out over the air. Um, everybody in radio has also either listened to or worked with a really, since we're talking about Kaiser Soze, a really incredible fat woman. I mean, fat like orca fat, um, who has like the sexiest voice in the history of the world. Everybody, every market has a woman like that, too, where she talks like this, and she's often on a classic rock station. And I don't know why classic rock stations have such an affinity for, for like, fat women with sexy voices, but they just go together like sunshine and moon glow. And you will, in every market where you, any, where there is any, any classic rock station, and she's often the woman on at night. Uh, I used to work, uh, I'll just narrow, I'll say when I lived in Washington, we'll put it that way. When I lived in Washington... Uh, I worked at a market where there was a classic rock station. And the woman who did the nighttime show sounded a lot like this and had a really great voice. The kind of voice that sounded like a velour couch on which you just like to curl up and take a long... And then you saw her in person and it was like a Winnie the Pooh shirt and like just bad, like ratted out hair. And like <laughs> it's just like stretch marks coming out of coming out of every opening on her clothing. It's all kinds of bad. So... 
Why are we? What, how did this start? Why are we doing this? Why does anybody stop me when I do these things? <laughs> they're, they're kind of amusing. Well, you're amusing, and then all of a sudden I kind of trail off because it stops being amusing, and it just goes on for ten more minutes. I'm sorry. That is my method, by the way. Take it to where it's no longer funny, and do do it for fifteen more minutes. But you know what? If you're home with the remote control, you put the remote control down for a few minutes, and you just might stay with the whole thing. It's true. Anywho, it's so, not harmful. It's that a turn on. It's something that's amusing and just there. Well, all right. I'm amusing and just there. This is the Rick, the Rick Emerson Show. All right, baby. Hey, guy, how's it going? And the upshot, by the way, Sarah Dillon, neither as old nor ugly as you might think. Um, but you would know. Or maybe, but, maybe I sound really. I don't know. Young and attractive. Woman. Maybe I am. I hesitate to even pursue this though because no, then it's going to. No, I don't want you to pursue it. Don't pursue it. I don't want people to call in. I said I hesitate to pursue it because then okay. it's going to be a whole lot. What do you think Sarah sounds like? But I mean, it's like when people would come in and they would meet us in that old studio where we worked, and that we would have some guests in that old studio at the Coin Tower. And it's like you could see the excitement fall off of their face when they came in because we were essentially in a broom closet. And it, I don't know what it sounds like on the air because I'm sort of in it. You know, we're all in it here, so I don't really have that. That I can't perceive it the way an audience does because I work here. So I don't know what this studio sounds like on the air, but it always sounds so much bigger and shinier and more glorious than it is. And then it's like they would come to see the studio and they would kind of go, oh. Well, Jesus. You this, this looks like the boiler room I used to sell fire alarms out of. <laughs> exactly. It's like we got the job through express personnel or something. <laughs> and so it, is with, so it is with DJs. You would always go to meet a DJ. That guy's going to be really cool. And then you just come home and weep silently to yourself. All right. Tim, though, is just as golden and attractive as you think he is. It's he really true. is. No, it's true. Why, well, thank you. No, I'm, you're I'm very flattered. Per perfectly formed. But I get thrown into the broom closet with everybody else, I'll have you know. <laughs> Looks mean nothing. I, too, was sitting in the broom closet. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're, your stunningly handsome appearance has done you very little good. As long as you're chained to the rest of us. My office was between some old reel tapes from the 1960s and a broken down fax machine. <laughs> And some old boom boxes. Some of, the, totally. some of the first ones, they're as big as a horse. <laughs> Knocking your knees on the your, your desk is gonna your desk is gonna be between boxes of paper towels and this tub of old wires. <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. It's Friday. I'm sorry, my brain isn't even working today. I've got a case my, of the Fridays. Yes? My brain my brain isn't working either, so I'm in the same boat with you. Excellent. Rick Yeah. Rick, Sarah, hi Templar Riley. How you guys doing? Hello. Hello. What, wait, what was the last one? Hi, Templar Riley. He's like a he's like a sentient being. That's not from this world. That's good enough for me. Well, fair enough. Okay, go. What okay, do you got? Uh, so I've got a couple questions about the spam contest. I'm one of the semi-finalists, and uh, when do the when do the results report on the website? Because I voted for uh, I voted, and it says results coming soon. But uh, yeah, so, uh, I'm glad you asked that. That was actually on my list of things to get to, and then I got detracted by uh, talking about bad DJs in dolphin shorts. Um, so, uh, yeah, the contest, the semifinalists are up on the website right now. There are ten semifinalists, uh, and uh, just for being a semifinalist, you're going to get a copy of The Life of Brian, the Immaculate Edition on Blu-ray and DVD as of January 29th, uh, including blah, 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 blah. Uh, people have been voting all week. You got until the end of the show to vote, so the voting closes at 3 p.m. So uh, if you have not gone to 970.am, and obviously you don't have to have submitted anything to vote, um, if you have not gone to 970.am, do it now because you got to cast your vote by the end of the show. And just for voting, uh, I do believe you will be entered in a contest to win some crap or other. So uh, go to 970.am and vote. The polls close at 3 o'clock 
And I believe that the three top vote getters will be not uh, will be notified at the end of business today, like via email or something, and then uh, and then they'll they'll come on in next week. Okay, that, okay, that works. And, and and then when you come into the studio on Monday, do you have to stay the entire time for the uh, show? To I, I think we're going to do it in the last hour. The last hour. Yeah, okay. so we'll most likely do it in the last hour. That's when you know, and that's when people are t- are typically most able to come in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So totally, because my sculpture's on in, in in a deep freezer right now, and then I'm thinking about bringing it in with some dry ice, and I'm I'm gonna pack it in because it's actually making it look better. Excellent. But but, but but I need to blend up more spam to fill in the cracks that it's gone <laughs> into the freezer right now. It started to desiccate. All right. Yep. Well, right. uh, yeah, so be, so be watching the website, and the top three vote-getters will be notified this afternoon. And if you are one of the top three vote-getters, uh, yeah, you come into the studio next week, and one of those uh, top three will get to go see Spamalot at the Win in Vegas. So uh, be watching the website, sir. Fantastic. Thank you. I'll call you later. Okay. Jesus. All right. Well, since this whole opening segment has gone to hell, anybody else have anything they want to talk about? Anyone? No, I think you pretty much covered it all, really. Shows are too overpriced these days. You mean the uh, shows for, for music? Yeah, I was going to go see a show last night, and it was $15. Are you going to go see the Meteors? Yeah. Did that, that work out for you? No, we ended up just hanging out in the sidebar. Because $15 is not that bad. It's still cheaper than Vegas. I was going to say, it's pretty reasonable. Oh. If you see something in Vegas, wait, and it'll come out here much cheaper within a few months. It's just, well, it's because I remember seeing them at DV8 five years ago, and it was like $4. Well, that's the thing. You can't get locked into that, though. I know, I know, I know. But in my mind, I'm just like, oh, $15. No, that's, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. you gotta res- you got to resist that, because it, because it's always... Yeah, because because the the longer they hang around, just by sheer dint of inflation, the shows are always going to be more expensive. So you got to divorce yourself from from whatever it costs to see them, like however long. I think we've just been spoiled in radio too, where we get to oh totally, where you get the hookup. Yeah, where you get the hookup, and so like every time I'm like fifteen dollars, that's like that's three vodka sodas. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. That's the difference between you and maybe me is that when you go out, you not only have to factor in the ticket price, but the price of whatever it's going to cost to get to refreshment while you're there. Uh, whereas uh, that's you know for me the ticket price is whatever the you know, the ticket price that whatever my wife is drinking so I don't have to worry about the rest of it. All right, uh, we should probably break here. We got Lisa Desjardins coming up. If you stay there, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. The- I know your filter isn't working. I, and I feel fine. I, I'm in a perfectly wonderful mood. Everything's great. And you're telling me that I seem drunk. <laughs> you know, I didn't say you seem drunk as such. You do, you seem a little loopy this morning. I am a little loopy. And I'm a lot loopy. I guess I, as I told you during the break, my I head like feels loopy like it's, days. it's Friday. I feel like my head is full of just fuzz and styrofoam peanuts today. I uh, So I want to say almost preemptively, I just talked for like 19 minutes about what DJs look like. Boy, what a useless conversation that was. Anyway, I'm just saying I preemptively apologize for anything I say today. I don't really have any sort of functional filter on my speech today. So it's probably just as well that we're going to talk about issues of serious and political imports. Ladies and gentlemen, from um, Memphis. Sorry, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. I can't even read today. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello, Lisa. Hello, guys. How's life in Memphis, Tennessee? Oh, it's just peachy. Really? Is it truly peachy or is it more keen? <laughs> um, you know, I need another couple of days to judge. That, that's very, it's a very subtle difference there. I, I, I can't tell you. You know, you can tell that my brain is really only, I, my brain is firing 
If my brain had ten cylinders, it's firing at about six today. Uh, because I didn't even make the obligatory long-distance information get me Memphis, Tennessee joke, which I normally would have. So that's right there. That's a bellwether for how my uh, how my cerebellum is misfiring today. There, there are many a Memphis reference that you could make. Yes, I'm also restraining myself. Uh, all right. Page. Well, let's uh, uh, bleh, hold on a second. Yeah. Okay. Ah. There we go. I'm trying to get my mouth to work properly. You okay? You know what it is? It's it, some days your brain works and your mouth doesn't. Some days your mouth is working but your brain isn't today. Neither working. It's like neither of them even even suited up to play today. So I got ill-formed thoughts coming out of a mouth that doesn't really want to function properly. So it's going to be a fantastic three and a half hours of entertainment to follow. <laughs> um, anyway, the political conservative political action conference. Action committee. Yeah. 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 And so the, the, the Conservative Political Action Committee is it is a conference or a convention or something where uh, conservative candidates, thinkers, movers, shakers, whatever, uh, get together. And this is where Romney was when he announced that he was suspending his campaign, right? That's exactly right. McCain spoke to them as well. Same Huckabee, President Bush spoke to them this morning. Yep. And is this... Um, conservative love fest. I, I mean, is it true that McCain was received sort of less than warmly? Was the, the, you, you hear a lot of this sort of ruckus about how he's uh, you know, displeasing the right wing of his party, but is that sort of... Is it a tempest in a teacup? Is it being overstated? No, I, I don't think it is. I, I, think, I think that's, that's, that's real. And you know, at at when when McCain spoke yesterday, he knew that he was going into uh, a little bit of hostile territory, mixed territory, I guess you could say for him. But and folks who probably have seen that speech would could tell he, he actually. I've got to give him credit. He came in there, kind of grinning, sort of you know, when you're going into enemy territory, when you're you're the only Steelers fan at a Browns game. It was kind of that sort of approach that he had, almost gleeful. Uh, knowing what was ahead of him, and, and he, he cracked some jokes about it. And as he was joking at one point, uh, saying, "I know you all are going to remind me of our differences," and he immediately said, "On immigration." And then there was some laughter, which very quickly turned into booze. Booze, uh, actual booze. Oh yes, actual, pretty, very loud booze Jesus. from the crowd. Wow. McCain, however, he he kept, you know, he kept. Trying to give that Irish smile of his and the little, he's got the light back in his eyes. Some days he has the light, some days he doesn't. Yesterday he had that little light in his eyes. You know, he is really, it's the very definition of a rock and a hard place, though, right? Because he needs yeah. moderates to get elected, but if to get those moderates, he's got to move away from the right, and if the right just doesn't show up, he's going to get his clock cleaned. Right, that's, ex that's precisely it. They, they need huge uh, support from conservatives to come out this election because. Right now, independents are leaning toward the Democrats, and they have since the last election, since the last congressional election. So he's got to try and bring back some of those independents, but he absolutely has to get at least some conservatives out. He really needs, you know, the bulk of conservatives to come out to make it an easy win or a decent-sized win. But otherwise, he is in potentially large trouble. And, and that's where Mike Huckabee comes in and what we were talking about yesterday. There's even more talk today about Mike Huckabee for vice president. Who knows? You know, Huckabee's still on the on the stump. He's giving the same campaign speech. He's saying, I'm a contender. And John McCain is being very interesting in how he describes Mike Huckabee, saying he's a viable candidate. And <laughs> that, but that's as far as he'll go. He's not dismissing him, which is smart. And all of Huckabee's guys are saying, you need to pick him for vice president. So 
the recruiting is uh, the reverse recruiting, I guess, is on. Is there any chance at this point of some sort of revolt within the party where everybody just sort of, even those who were, who were presumably uh, allied with McCain just at the last moment get cold feet and they're terrified of Barack or Hillary being elected and they just chuck McCain and go to Huckabee? There is there is that possibility, but it's very remote. Essentially, with the delegates that McCain has so far, incorporating what we know about Super Tuesday, it it would be very difficult. Mike Huckabee basically has to win everywhere from here on out, right. with, with no exceptions, and he has to win big uh, in order for him to get the nomination. And it just seems like no one would be able to do that in a two-person race. The, the degree to which he must win he really needs to be the only candidate. All right. So it, it, it's not impossible. And, it, and certainly there are some conservatives that are hoping that that's the case. But the feeling out there is that right now it's all positioning and that it, essentially McCain will be the nominee. But, you know, Huckabee's still in there. And the question is how many delegates will he get? Moreover, we talked about this yesterday. How much influence will Huckabee have at the convention? How much influence will he have on who the next leader of the Republican Party is. All right. I know you got on a plane, so I will uh, let you go. Just a small piece of advice. If given yeah. the choice between the peanuts and the crackers with peanut butter, always go with the peanuts. The crackers are uniquely unsatisfying on plane flights. Are you Are you sure? Really? Yeah. I'm no. disappointed to hear that. Really? No, no, no. It's true. It's not like I'm the biggest fan of uh, those. What are they? Not dry roasted, but they're those like honey roasted peanuts. Yeah, the honey roasted peanuts. Right. Also, let me ask you this also. Did you ever notice that uh, the airplane is the only place where honey roasted peanuts are really around? Like, you know what honey roasted peanuts are like? Honey roasted peanuts are like circus peanuts. I mean. <laughs> I mean, circus peanuts are fascinating to me. When is the last time you woke up in the middle of the You know what I need, I need right now? I need some circus peanuts. Get me. Have you ever gone to somebody's house and you see a bowl of circus peanuts? No. They only exist in these weird little packages at the store that sit there purchased by no one. I mean, it makes no sense it's at all. It's true. It's so. true. Although I think honey roasted peanuts, I feel like they show up at some kind of, sometimes every now and then there'll be a football game where that, like, not to be too sexist, but where the woman was in charge of the food, and, and she, she will have gone out and gotten some honey roasted peanuts as some strange compromise in her mind over what should be served. It's just, it's one of those candies that sort of exists decade after decade, but you've never seen anyone buying it. Here's another one Boston baked beans. I mean, you know, those uh, like little baked beans candies. Like, who who is it that eats a, Who is the target audience for that? See also you know, Necco wafers, which are basically just like eating poker <laughs> chips. That's true. I will say, in in that whole spectrum, something that I, I honestly, it honestly does come up in my daily life rather frequently these days, Swedish fish. I don't know. Swedish fish, though, there's a whole, I'm not going to say it's a cult, but there is a whole sort of uh, subculture in this country of ours, people who are aficionados of gummy-style candy. That is true. That is true. The Swedish fish, I feel like it's solid. It's solid. It's, it's out there. People really do eat the Swedish fish. I think Swedish fish are sort of like uh, Sour Patch Kids. You know, they started as a niche candy, but they've got a little bit of a toehold in the mainstream. I think that's right. I Boy, agree this, with you on that. This call just evolved into stupidity in almost <laughs> no time at all. I'm sorry for wasting the resources of CNN. Um, all right. Have a, have a safe flight. I'm going flight. on fumes myself. This is good. Yes. Uh, well, go home, uh, crash, watch some bad television, and we'll uh, talk to you sometime next week. Fantastic. Thank you. Travel safe, Lisa. Thank you. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. All right. See, do you see what kind of a day it is? It's a loopy one. Uh, Aaron said that he's going to drink some Jaeger here today. All right. I was trying to talk about John McCain, and I am talking about Sour Patch Kids. I mean, really, who does I really that? liked circus peanuts when I was younger. <sighs> oh, I still like them. Every once in a while, I have a craving for them. I'll actually purchase a bag. Can I just, can I say some things about circus peanuts? Oh, God. No, I mean, really, honestly. 
Didn't you already say some things about circus peanuts? I have more things to say. You shut up. I really like the circus peanut um kind of Easter candies that you get that are shaped like little bunnies and stuff. I don't know what's funny and what's not today. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, usually I have a pretty good sense for what's amusing. Today I don't, so it's all just... We should play the stain. It's like I have no sense of... Uh, you know, it's like when you have no sense of taste. You know, like if you have a cold or you know the flu or something, someone's like, hey, I have this, and you're like, ah, oh, I can't taste anything today. It, it, it's like my sense of humor has no sense of taste today. So everything in my head is, is equally bland or, or funny, depending on how you want to look at it. I have, no, I have no sense for what's funny, what's not. Can I just tell you, by the way, speaking of the stain, A, how amazing it is that within about 48 hours, that stain went from being a thing no one had heard of to like an inextricable part of the culture. We all now know the stain. Did you get that guy? That guy sent you, he uh, hacked together like a, a little sound clip. It was me interviewing the stain. Yes. It's kind of funny. It goes on way too long, but it's sort of funny. Uh, you want me to try and find it now? Yeah, you can or you don't. It's this, guy right, named, it's this guy named Bruce who is trying to like get a gig here as like imaging or voice work, and so he keeps sending me free samples. And some of it's funny, some of it's not. The one of me talking to the stain is amusing for about 40 is it seconds. This one? It's the ring no, no, it's not that one. That oh, one's kind of funny, though. Um, there's, I'll play it later. There's one of me interviewing the stain, and he's done this funny. And again, he, Bruce, if you're listening, I'm trying to not, not trying to knock your work. You've got a great voice and a pretty good ear. He, ha- he has this thing, though, for taking the joke and doing, he does, a, he does an Emerson on it where he just, like, wait, takes it way too long. Like something that's funny for 15 seconds, but it's a minute and a half. Um, he has this thing of me interviewing the stain, but the, the gimmick is he has just cut together a bunch of my stammering, so I, in turn, also sound like the stain. So it's just me going, So you just listen to the normal one? Uh, the stain? Yeah. Well, let me just, before we do anything else, let me see if I can, uh, oh, circus peanuts, though. Oh. No, 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 I'm just going to say this. I thought I distracted you. No, 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 here's the thing about circus peanuts. Here's why they're weird. A, I don't know anybody at all who eats them now, ever, period. I've never, ever, ever been to somebody's house where they have them. But you can buy them everywhere. But you can buy them, but, but why? That's my thing. It's People like, have to be buying them if you can buy circus peanuts. You know, for sale. I have honey roasted nuts at home, but big bag of them. Okay, see, honey roasted nuts, honey roasted nuts, honey roasted nuts are really good. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you don't see them all the time, but again, certainly airlines serve them. Many people, I would argue this. I always buy them when I'm doing my taxes. It's traditional. I always have a big bowl of them while I'm doing taxes. Now, is it like a stress? Is it a a comfort food? I guess so. Interesting. Only when I'm doing taxes. I get a big bag of them at Trader Joe's. That's where they sell them. That's kind of cool and weird. That's like Paul Sheldon having his one cigarette and a glass of champagne when he finishes the novel. Circus peanuts, how you like bite off half of one and then it just kind of dissolves it in your all mouth. Spongy crap in your yeah. mouth. No, but here's the thing about circus peanuts: they don't make any sense. First of all, they're shaped like peanuts, but they're orange, and yet they taste like banana. So those are three things that don't make any sense taste together. Like banana. They taste. That's absolutely what they taste like. Circus peanuts taste like banana. Tim. I don't remember the last time I had circus peanuts. Well, that's because no one does. But I'm saying, but but yet, as Sarah noted, they're available everywhere, which makes no sense, like economically. You know what else is available? Like those little red ball candies, like little fireballs. Like Red Hots. No, not Red Hots, but they have like these little sticky, like red balls that are, that are like in the packages right next to the circus peanuts. Oh, I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. there's like a random candy I see everywhere. I think they have circus peanuts across the street at Plaid Pantry right now. And then they have the packages. If Scotty still works here. Of, of Smarties. If Scotty worked here, I'd make him eat like five or six bags of those circus peanuts right now. I miss. What Scotty. if we make Kyle eat? A hundred peeps. peeps. Yeah, that's a thing in retro post intercom killing its listeners. That's a thing that was ill advised. Well, he lived. Um, 
But, you know, like Disneyland has that policy every year where they take the lowest grossing ride and they, they like, get rid of it. So every year, Disneyland, let's, you know, Disneyland, let's say they have 100 rides. Every year, Disneyland looks at the ride that made the, le- the least money and they get rid of it. And so you got to figure that stores must do that with candies. So how is it that circus peanuts just stay on the shelf, like, year after year? I mean, somebody has to be buying them, like, in the dead of night. But they're a whole combination of, 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 of aesthetic that just doesn't make any sense. The, the honey roasted peanut thing is interesting, though, because I would wager that, just a guess, but probably 70% of the people who like honey roasted peanuts were first introduced to them uh, on an airplane. Airplanes are sort of like the crack dealer of the honey roasted peanut world, where they give you a little free sample, but if you want to get, get another taste, then you have to start paying. That's totally, I, I don't think I ever had one of those until I flew on a plane. So, all right. What are these people calling about? Hopefully circus I, I, peanuts. I don't know. Somebody is calling about politics with a K. Politics. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, Bruno? Whitey? I'm sorry? Good morning. Or are you trying to use my mafia name? Big Stinky Buns or whatever? No, that's Sarah. What, what do you no. want, Sarah? Hey, I, I, I had a question for Lisa, but maybe you can ask her later. Okay. Um, you know, there are 830-plus superdelegates. Yes. And their votes count more. And they get to choose who they want. And since this race is so close, I was wondering if that list is publicized anywhere yet. Well, I don't know that the full list is publicized. It might or might not be, but a lot of them are known. Like, I know I was watching an interview with Donna Brazil the other day on CNN, and she herself is a, is a superdelegate. So uh, that's a good question. You know, I'll ask, uh, I'll ask Lisa or whoever we talked to on Monday about that. I, that's a yeah. good question. I don't really know that. Well, because I know who two of them are from, uh, get ready for it, Florida. Huh. Go ahead. Florida. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, one of them is Senator Bill Nelson and Representative Al C. Hastings. And the reason I know that is because they have already sued in Florida for their delegates. Oh, I know. No, that's, that's like lawsuits of plenty coming. That I couldn't, right. I couldn't that be one, happier that about that. That thrown out because uh, they're not considered part of the normal citizenry. Um, there's going to be more, though. More lawsuits. Oh, coming. yeah. It'll, oh. But it'll have to be citizens. But uh, maybe if Lisa or somebody could tell us where that list well, is. I'll look into it next week. Because it would tell us a lot more about how the race yeah. really is going to end yes. up. Next week, I'll look into that. Thank you very Thank much. You. Bye now. All right. I feel like that guy calls every day. Uh, you know, but there's a lot of guys who have, it's funny, we were talking about DJs who have similar voices. We have like nine different guys who all sound that like that guy. It's kind of late 40s, early 50s, kind of fuzzy around the edges like this, kind of like they've, they might not smoke now, but they spend a lot of their time drinking. That's they, a lot of guys who have that same voice. It was the same as all those old Time and Tim TJs. In every city, they all sounded the same. They all sound the same. So finally, they said, why don't we come up with some technology we could only have one person do it and put it in every city? That's, that'll be the next step for clear kind of voice tracking callers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, well, like, did you ever notice this, too, that we have? Well, we'll get Steve here in just a moment. We have a lot of... We have a lot of guys who call up and sound like this. Well, I'm doing, I'm making it more East Coast than it is. But we have a lot of guys who call up who sort of sound a little bit like Mr. Skin. Where it's sort of young, kind of tightly wound, speak pretty quickly, funny, smart, but have a real rapid speech like they just, like they've somehow just emerged wholly formed from inside the pages of Maxim. We have a lot of guys who call and sound like that. Uh, let's get this Circus Peanuts call and then Steve Castamon. Hello, sir. Hey, guy. How's it going? Don't, don't do that. Hello. Sarah and Tim, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Hi. Okay, anyway. We're fine. Great. <laughs> well, you said everybody calls and talks fast, so I was trying to... Try to that. change anyway. it up a little bit. Fight that urge, sir. Okay. Um, first off, I love Circus Peanuts. My dad introduced them to me when I was like 12, and they're one of my favorite candies. Here's another one that I think I'm the only person who eats is Big Hunk. Oh, no, no, no. I eat that. 
Oh, you do. Okay. I mean, not a lot. Like, I don't need a lot of candy at this point in my life. But, uh, but yeah, oh, no, I am a big hunk enthusiast. That's a fine candy bar. It really is. That's one of your best candy bar values, too, like, for the money. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, like, I eat those things. I love them. And so I'm I'm probably the guy that's keeping the circus peanut industry alive. So. Excellent. I'll have them send you a basket of something. Oh, uh, hopefully it's circus right. peanuts. Thank you. Well, all right, bye. Bye now. I regret everything. Thank you. Thanks so much. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Boy, I, I got to tell you, my theme music has never been more appropriate than, than right now because I'm just standing out on 34th Street in the city right now. So you're at that so, now, now, when you say you're just standing out on 34th Street. Yeah, uh, I'm just out on 34th Street, and uh, I got a call from the newsroom. They said, hey, can you do KCMD now? I was like, sure. Absolutely. You said, I'm a can-do guy. I can do whatever. You know what I did? We, we, we didn't talk to you about this yesterday because we were talking about the Heath Ledger thing, and then there was all that business, the rush giveaways and so forth. I realized yesterday we didn't talk to you at all about these mafia busts. Um, yeah. Which are fascinating to me on several levels. A, because I'm a guy, and so I just find the mafia intriguing. B, because they all had these great names. It was We had this whole like 35-minute discussion yesterday about, like, the confusing thing to us was how some of these guys had like nine different names. And my thing yeah. was like, was it a progression? Like when you first joined, you were the grease ball. Later on, you got to be three fingers. Then you were the chin. Then you were knuckles. <laughs> then you were, or is it that you had different nicknames for different people? Like one guy knew you as grease ball. The other guy knew you as like Hefe or whatever it is. I mean, it, how did I think it evolves. I think it evolves over time. Like the guy who was the acting boss, allegedly, of the Gambino crime family, yeah. used to be the man who held the umbrella. For uh, for John Gotti uh, in the 80s and early 90s, you'd always see him holding an umbrella when it right. was foul weather. Right. So I'm, w I'm wondering if he was, you know, Joe Umbrella before it became, you know, the nose. <laughs> and is there a memo that goes out somehow? Is it like sort of, you know what I mean? Like like you know, two you know, two all Gambino families re Johnny Umbrella. <laughs> You know, and then a blind CC yeah, to everybody. I was going to say at the bottom, there's a blind CC to the HR department and do file. <laughs> <laughs> as, as of, you know, effective 2105, Johnny Umbrella is now Teddy the Knees. You that's, know, please see me best, with any questions. The, the best part about this roundup of the Gambino uh, 62, I, I want to call them, uh -huh. 62 guys. I mean, I don't think there's anybody left, you know, uh, out there in the street to make any collections. It sounded like they got the whole family. Well, you know, but, uh I, I, I'm sorry, I was going to say really quickly, yeah. the, the best part was the Daily News, their cover photograph. Yeah, but um, it's one of them is like really obese, like right out of the Sopranos, and they got him from the behind stepping up into the police uh, uh -huh. van, you know, into the, you know, the, the van they put all the suspects in, and the headline is, the end of the mafia. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, they show that, yeah, it's just a great picture, you got to see it. The uh, It's funny, we were talking about this yesterday too, and somebody noted that, well, first of all, that every couple of years there'll be somebody who from the government often uh, often who steps up and says, well, there is no mafia. The mafia's been wiped out. It no longer exists. And and yet then that's always followed up by some huge rash of arrests for this. And so my question is, uh, to whatever extent you know this is a guy who maybe has covered this to some degree, uh, to what extent is that true? I mean, is the truth somewhere in between, between the mafia at the height of its old power and the mafia not existing at all? I mean, is it is it still around but just greatly diminished, or what's what's well, the deal? Well, the, the Gambino crime family was given a, a severe blow when John Gotti uh, went to jail, and then a bunch of other folks went to jail as well back then. But they obviously built up their organization again, according to this indictment, and uh, they were, you know, back in form, you know, getting the kickbacks for, for laying concrete 
and that sort of thing, pouring concrete. And, and uh, I'm pretty sure I recognize one of the guys who was marched out in handcuffs from my neighborhood, <laughs> one of the, the, the neighborhood wise guy. Excellent. You know, that's one of the things I uh, I don't say I miss. One of the things I regret about being born on the West Coast is that you can't say that on the West Coast. You can't go, well, he's from the neighborhood. I mean, that doesn't mean that even if a guy, even if a guy is from your neighborhood, like like in Washington State, you can't say, well, he's from the neighborhood. It just doesn't sound cool. Uh, it doesn't? No. No, it sounds great. It's like it's like New Yorkers who say that they're waiting online. Uh, you know, it yeah. doesn't really make any sense, but they say it and it just works somehow. And Tim, Tim Riley is noting that mobsters love concrete. The, um, the, <laughs> they, do, they do. They certainly do. I, I, I have always wanted to form some sort of a radio consulting or advertising or some sort of radio company, but then call it like Rick Emerson's Radio Company and Concrete Distribution Service. <laughs> some Rick, yeah, you got to have the concrete in there somehow. Either concrete or, waste or, management. or rubbish hauling. Yeah, exactly. One of, the, one of the two. Radio consultancy and waste management firm. Yeah, yeah. waste management, exactly. All right. Hey, hey so... Yes. So before before I go, I'm actually out here at 34th because I'm covering another story that I know Sarah would love. I'm doing some preview stuff for the Westminster Kennel Dog Show. Ah. I know. I saw that. How is it? Tim and I were really stoked about that. Well, well, today was just sort of a preview day where they have all the dogs moving into this hotel across the street from Madison Square Garden, and the show starts uh, next week. So I've got all these great dogs uh, in the hotel lobby here. It's really cool. It's hard to believe other countries don't take it seriously when you're across from Central Park putting dogs up in a hotel. But, anyway. but you know what? I, I, I'm looking at these dogs, and I'm sizing them up, and I really think Sarah's dog could compete. You think Muppet could? Oh, he's yeah. A, he's actually here with me he's today. He's actually here, and he's wearing diapers today, <laughs> so that adds a little extra hint of panache. Oh, I don't know if diapers are accepted in the, in the uh, Westminster Kennel Club dog show. No, probably not. Hey, uh, I think Sarah was trying to find your mafia name. Yes, we found, found a, a, a computer program that will generate your mob name. And your mob name, oh, Steve cool. Mom, it's Scarred Up Emilio. <laughs> Scar- Wait, say it again. I couldn't hear you over the traffic. Oh, Scarred Up Emilio. <laughs> Actually, so random. That, that's okay. It, my ended, mine ended up being like, I don't know, flab face or something. So don't don't <laughs> don't worry about it. All right, uh, big plans for your weekend, sir. Uh, oh man, I am finally going to get some sleep after Super Tuesday and 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 uh, and the Giants parade on Monday. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some sleep. Excellent. We'll go home and uh, crash and do something mindless, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, sometime next week, sir. All right, take care. All right, my friend. Thank you. There you go. There's uh, CNN radio correspondent Steve. Uh, I'm sorry, Steve scarred up Emilio, Gastonbaum. All right. Uh, let's see. Rick, did I hear Tim say he had a bag of honey roasted peanuts at home? That is correct, yes. He then follows it up by saying, I apologize for whatever uh, unpleasantness this may cause. He says, my understanding is that honey is not a vegan product. Please to clarify. Oh, but Tim's a different kind of vegan. I'm a different kind of vegan. Like he, he's forced to be vegan, remember, because he's lactose intolerant and right. can't take a. Oh, right. that's right. That's right. Okay, because right. you're not to, to kill people who who, who uh, go to the fur shop or something like. So you, that. it's not like you're because you're some nutcase animal person. Although we love animals, it's that's just, correct. Uh, you, so you are not a to that extent. You are a vegetarian by choice, but a vegan by dint of physicality. That's correct. All yes. right, lactose and, intolerant. And and, and you know what? And I I don't think most of the vegans I know don't have a problem with honey anyway because you don't have to. Um, in other words, because it's not coming from the animal itself. Right. And as long as there's enough left, and be, it's a, you know, bees always make more honey they can, than they can use. That's the thing. So. And, you, and thirdly, I never follow any group regardless of who they are. I am not a member of anything. And fourthly, refuse, screw you. I refuse to be a follower <laughs> of anyone. Fifthly, up yours. I will answer to no one. Sixthly, go to hell. I have my own <laughs> private club. Die in a fire. <laughs> are there any further questions? 
I'm thinking nerve strike. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think being a vegan doesn't mean you can't have honey again because it's like you're not having to kill the bees to do it, and it, it, most of it just goes unused anyway. So, thanks for the question, sir. Never write again. Sure. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. It's, break. I don't think it's just me. I don't belong to any political movement. <laughs> political party. Club, school, or civic organization. I don't care. Are you now or have you ever been? Jesus. All right. Yeah, I think everybody is a little wacky today. And I like it. All right. Uh, back after this with... I think it's too many rainy days in a row. I, I, I really think there's something there, too. And I'm beginning to think there's no fresh air in the studio ever. It's because of the fire. <laughs> everybody else is in the parking lot letting us die. There's nothing up on top of us anymore. It's no. just rubble. <laughs> Back after this is the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Friday. Thank you for coming along. This email says, about your fire alarm. I was noting that the fire alarm, instead of beeping, ought to say fire. It says, Rick, about fire alarms. If you had a voice saying fire, everybody would immediately think someone is being raped. Because, as you know, that's what you're supposed to yell if you're being assaulted, is fire. That is, I do remember hearing that somewhere. Some man is trying to have his way with you. You don't yell uh, rape, you yell fire. He said, that said, you should, you should have a voice yelling rape every time there's a fire. That way there be no question as to what is happening. The shriller, the better. That's what we need is a huge system of alarms in the building that just start screaming rape at random moments. <laughs> That's the worst idea I've ever heard. Should it be a male or female voice? <laughs> I don't know. Let's have auditions. <laughs> Maybe like, uh, never mind. We're going to end that call. The Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM Let's not audition for that. <laughs> Worst auditions ever. And now, from the Ministry of... I guess you just shot rape five or six times. Tim Riley. Yes. That was that was ending that was ending in a bad place regardless of where we took it. Yeah, that was a bad. Place. <laughs> what is my motivation? Oh, Jesus. So anyway, uh, apparently, if we had a fire here, we wouldn't be in any danger because it's raining cats and dogs and snowing like crazy everywhere. There's a flood watch in effect for the Lower Nahalem River in Northwest Oregon. That's over on the coast. So if you're over there, be careful of floods. Uh, driving in the mountains is increasingly difficult and dangerous in some areas. And you can't see it all. So accumulation in spots around the highway, such as 26 and 35, is it's like driving like a blind man. Nothing against blind people. Well, they wouldn't be driving anyway. Uh, yesterday, officials at Timberline closed down all their lifts because the winds were 60 miles an hour. Are you just apologizing to blind drivers? I was. Okay. <laughs> Best day ever. Uh, a Portland driver was lucky to escape injury when the van he was driving was going too fast. This is about 20 miles east of Detroit, and he crashed into the back of an Odot grater removing snow. You'd think it would have had a hint that this thing had blinking lights, meaning slow down, exactly. slow down, slow down. Is something removing snow? No. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was a Chevy Suburban, and it didn't uh, come out of that too well. The driver told police he was traveling about 43 miles an hour and could not stop in time. The grater wasn't damaged, but the Suburban sustained heavy uh, front-end damage. The driver was uh, given a ticket for careless driving. And the Odog reader was not injured. Then deputies and transportation officials cranked out on unlicensed and uninsured movers today. This is, uh, apparently these people uh, advertise their wares on Craigslist, and they don't have a license. I didn't think it would be licensed to help to, to move stuff. Oh, yeah, because these are people's valuables. Yeah, you have to be bonded or whatever. 
Well, it seems like you. Well, I don't really know how this works. It, I was gonna, it seems like maybe you wouldn't have to be, uh, but that people would, of course, just be, uh, you know, be buyer beware if you use someone who was not licensed and mm-hmm. bonded. Yeah. So does that mean if you help somebody move for any amount of money, technically you're breaking the law? Well, no, if you advertise like you're a moving company, I guess. You okay. Can't do that. But if you're just some guy, like if you're just some guy, there's a little guy help you move for like 10 bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah. That's a, then that's a thing you can do. So uh, apparently legal and license movers told ODOT, which licenses the trucks and drivers, that the unregistered companies are taking business away too. So that's another thing. ODOT officials uh, came to them for enforcement help. They gave out 43 tickets for unsafe trucks and unsafe drivers. They also found drug paraphernalia in one of them. <laughs> of course. Look, I, can you move these thousand uh, bongs that I have in my basement? They also arrested uh, Paul Pundley and Clifford Chuchel on charges that they violated their parole by becoming uh, movers. They were out of prison for robbery and assault, and they had illegal <laughs> knives with them when they decided to become moving men. <laughs> I'm going to be moving uh, most of the blood from inside your body to your floor. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, look, I don't, I don't take responsibility for anything that comes out of my mouth today. I'm, uh, I am wa- like Pontius Pilate before me. I am washing my hands of all responsibility right now. Are you apologizing to blind drivers also? No. Okay. Um, anywho, in Craigslist, is there any industry it can't destroy? First, it's destroying newspapers. Now yes. it's destroying the moving industry. Whores will be next, no doubt. I mean, the. Well, you can't find them on Craigslist. Whores? Yes. Do tell. Tell, no, me more, tell me more about the, these whores. The, the, we must look for whores on Craigslist right now. <laughs> Everybody, stop Let, what you're doing. Let's go to Craigslist. Open up the windows and shout out. Every- <laughs> we're in our secret box. <laughs> Bring me the whores. We can look up whores while we're in the studio, right? Sure you can. It's business. And it's fun. Hey, did you all take that? Jeez. Did you guys take that indecency test? No, I never no. got an email about it. Oh, you that. already took oh, it, though. Crap. You took it before the, de- the deadline. you got to take it, though. All right. Yeah, you got to take that refresher okay. course. All right. I will. Are they oh, recommending right. indecency or? Where do you find whores? On Craigslist. I know, but I'm looking at. Or on Sandy Boulevard. Did you just type in whores? <laughs> I will. I don't know. Where does, where does one find whores? Nothing found for whores. Well, probably. No, How yeah. about romantic, ca- casual encounters, miscellaneous romance? Is that miscellaneous romance? I or? am over eighteen. Is that her name? <laughs> What's your name, Miss? Miss what? Miscellaneous romance. Women for men. Miss Alanius Nothing romance. found. That would be women for men. Men for imagine. men. I don't really know. <laughs> There's what... like a hundred men for men. No me- women for men. Okay, but stop. How is it you're searching for prostitutes? What are you doing? Well, I don't know if they're prostitutes per se. I'm searching. Well, you have to call up and ask. Yeah, there are people Pardon up there me. who are, these Pardon are people me. who are so looking for somebody. All right. We'll let Sarah. We'll let Sarah look for prostitutes while we move on with other stories. You let us know what you find over there. We'll do. I just don't know what the code word would be, right? Because they, it doesn't seem like. Like, they can't, it, like, it doesn't seem like on Craigslist, because don't the cops troll Craigslist now for that? Don't I would imagine. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you can't be on there saying, like, I got all this weed to sell, because, like, the man will come and they'll put you in a hole. Mm. It seems like if you're on Craigslist and you're some woman who wishes to trade cash for services, it seems like you've got to find some other way to put it. Like, Waiting for you. Like, you need to... Well, like, uh, like us always talks about those ads where it's like, I'm looking for a gen- uh, what it- I'm looking for a generous man, which yeah. I believe is code for pay my rent and I'll do you and all your friends. So now look, can girl. I just tell you, all of the lines have lit up when we said, how do we find whores? Every single phone line is now lit up here. Well, they all have cell phones these days. Escorts. Yes, Esco- escorts. Here we go, sugar daddy. Ew. Sugar daddy. 
Now, of course, we should know, by the way, that... a pimp. Let's know, by the way, that we are not referring to any of the people who posted these ads that we're reading as engaging in illegal, illegal, uh, legal activity. No. We're not saying that any of these people are criminals, Sarah. Mm-hmm. No. Of course not. Let me just get a few of these calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is this or is this not about whores? This is. All right. Go ahead, sir. On, on Craigslist, there's a section. It's, it's called Services. I believe it's, if you go, if it's under for sale. Wait, wait, of course, of course it is. Hold on a second. Right, for sale. Sir, and again, let's not, uh, let's not. Uh, if any children ad- are listening right ad- now, identify. Anybody I don't see services. services. I don't see services, sir. Oh, it services. It's an, it's below for sale. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and you'll, you'll see erotic. Erotic services. Okay. Sounds like a Prince song. All right. Women you want to click on W4M, which is a women for men. Are you, let me ask you this. Are you doing this from memory, sir? Strictly off memory, yeah. <laughs> Never been in there a day in my life, though. But yet you're doing it from memory. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's well, see I guess here. it's a natural curiosity. Oh, boy. Okay. I love it when they include pictures. I love it when they say, I'm a hottie in heat with three E's. <laughs> this is Veronica. Hey. She's only $75 an hour. There's a lot of her to love. There sure is. How much we just half of her? <laughs> the, the key is with these articles is they're all donation. Uh-huh. She looks like she could smother somebody. <laughs> smother you with love and also skin. All right, we should end this. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Right, now. The funny thing is, is that every single line lit up. And that as soon as this guy, though, told us where to go, all the other calls went away because they were all calling to tell us the same thing. Apparently, this is known. This is where you then go to look for women who are, now let's, you know, let's not paint with a false brush here. Women who are looking for a gentleman, a, a generous uh, man or a man who will give them a donation. Donations. To the church it's of their choice. To the church or charity of their choice. Yes. yes. Well, they're civic-minded. She really was a, what was her name? Veronica. Yeah, I mean, really. Oh, these girls are all kind of beat looking. Sort of an installment plan with her. Jeez. <laughs> that gives a whole new meaning to layaway plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. These girls are all kind of what looking? I look kind of beat. Not as in, I, not like I turn no, her beat. Like, no, just like haggard. Maybe they oh. were taken in an unflattering light. <laughs> It's like it's either like, like the light of a jail cell. Yeah. <laughs> it's either like these really they're being held down and savagely assaulted by the other inmates. It's like these really skanky, like you know, pixelated pictures, like you can tell, like home pictures, or it's like stock photography. No. It's like I'm Cassidy. Here's a woman who refers to herself as a beautiful, sexy angel. Oh. Oh uh, no, there's no picture there. Um, okay, we we have to get. Uh, I'm gonna say we have to get off of this, but we have to move off of this here in just a second here. Um. Do I want to take a quick break from work? Why, sure. Who doesn't? Uh. Ugh. Some of those are making me feel a little dirty. Wait. Okay, so this is... I'm at sexy biracial beauty. Okay. This is a woman... Okay. Here's a woman who is describing the encounter with her. She's describing it all. Maybe she believes this is either sexy or that this will... um, this This will keep the man off of her back or both. She's describing it as a, quote... A coffee break. And she says, I'm my crumpets. <laughs> Almost. She says, I am offering my one cup of coffee special this afternoon for 99 sugar cubes. And the S is like a dollar sign. And then it says, it's your choice. <laughs> now, listen to this. Listen Yours to- is so much better than the one I just found. Okay, but listen to how great this is. She says, so y- y- for 99 sugar cubes, you get one cup of coffee. 
<laughs> wink, wink. But then listen to this. She says, it's your choice of coffee, but it's drink and go, no refills. Does she have a picture? Yes, she does. Be the cream in my coffee. I love this one. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kimmy. I'm young, cute, and very sexy. I have a great body and would love some company. I'm offering a relaxing full body rub for a donation of $65. Richie? All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Meanwhile, a car struck a pedestrian near the St. John's Bridge this morning. Then the driver took off. The pedestrian was seriously injured. Uh, they don't have a, de a description of the suspect yet. A 14-year-old boy has been shot in Northeast, putting the brakes on the MAX train for a short time. An SUV ended up on the MAX light rail tracks following the shooting. Location of the shootings has varied and has included the intersection of Southeast 122nd and the intersection of Southeast Powell and Southwest 148th and East Burnside. Well, the locations haven't varied that much. No, they're just bullets <laughs> found everywhere. Uh, police had to uh, search for the boy and found him about 40 minutes later in an apartment complex in East Burnside. It's not known if the boy was driving. Uh, the SUV or another person was in the vehicle. The teenager was conscious and alert Friday morning and was taken to a manual hospital of what appears to be a non-life-threatening gunshot wound. So he'll be okay. Uh, well, here's something. Somebody has finally uh, admitted that music cannot change the world. The person who was saying this is that Canadian folk singer Neil Young. He has lost all hope that music can change the world. Good for you. As he presented a documentary about his 2006 anti-war concert tour at the uh, Berlin Film Festival today. I know that the time of music can change the world is over and done with. Oh, I really I, doubt uh, that a single song can make a difference. Wait, hold on. Reality. Hold on. So this is this is yet another grumpy baby boomer. This is So he's not saying... He's a silver-haired front man. Uh-huh. He's not saying music can't change the world. He's saying, like all baby boomers, he is saying the time when that was possible is past because it was only when he was young. Yes. I see. All right. No, so at Woodstock, like every goddamn thing on earth. Yeah, so at Woodstock, it was different. Not like now. Today's the, their kids with their uh, with their Avril Lavigne and their MySpace. Yeah, guys in their 60s are mad after after being told they're not in their 20s anymore. We were we were supposed to be the last young people ever. Seriously, get bent. Jesus. And can I say this? I don't say like it. Neil Young. I really don't. Nobody does. No, I not mean even people in third world countries. <laughs> That's why he's not doing them any good. I mean, I like a handful of Neil Young songs. So do I. I mean, I like all the ones everybody else likes. I like Cinnamon Girl and, you know, whatever. And he had this album called Ragged Glory, which is actually a really, really good album. But you know what? And I and maybe this is an unfair comparison, but I always lump these two guys together. Neil Young, to me, is a lot like Bob Dylan. Handful of songs I like, and then just a lot of stuff that is just we too weird or experimental or, or that I just don't, that I just doesn't click with me for some reason. I mean, you know, Neil Young, I mean, I'm not trying to take away his place in rock history. He's very important. He was part of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Can't take that away from him. Man. But I just, I just don't. Neil Young is one of those guys that I feel like he always has to be name-checked by people who probably really don't listen to him all that often. I mean, I, I really feel like that's the case. When is the last time anybody you know sat around, I really need some Neil Young today? I mean, apart from, again, sort of the, the standards that everybody knows, I really don't know anybody that's like a huge Neil Young fan. I heard him in the frozen food aisle of uh, Fred Meyer the other day. What was it? Uh, Heart of Gold. Of course it was. I love that song. Yeah, see, I mean, that's a great song. Can't take anything away from that. But unless uh, your name is David Fricky and you review albums for Rolling Stone, you don't sit around and listen to Neil Young all the time. Nobody does. No, so, you know. And nobody wanted him. There, there was even a memo, please don't visit us, signed, The Starving People of Africa. <laughs> I mean... 
So just just because no one is buying your records and your records aren't stopping a war doesn't mean that everything was better when you were rolling around with your hairy-legged girlfriend in the mud at Woodstock. So you had it. your youth. Seriously. Move on. Move on. Jesus. But seriously, and can I, if I ever start to sound like that, like I want you guys to take me out and cut off my head, all right? Okay, fine. I mean, if I, if I ever, you know, these kids, they don't know what, I mean, really, I, man, can I, just want, can I say that something, I was on a message board the other day for, um, Jesus, it was for, it was for a movie, it might have been for the new Indiana Jones film, or, or something, or it was for the, I was reading a message board about some movie, and, um, there was some, some, argument about whether the movie was going to be any good or whatever but at some point the message board discussion of this movie and i wish i could remember what movie they were talking about but the message board discussion did devolve into a bunch of guys who i'm ashamed to say are my age saying movies today are crap and one guy actually, one guy actually said i swear to you this is true i saw this in a message board a guy actually said Generation X was the last cool generation. These kids today are spoiled and irritating. And it was like, I was just so ashamed. Mm -hmm. I just, if you ever hear me say things like, if you ever hear me say, you know, music was better when I was a kid. Music today sucks. Kids today don't know what good music is. If any of those statements ever leave my mouth, I want you to take me out and put me down like a bad pony. All right? Because that's it. That's like your life is over when you start saying things like that. Just crawl inside a hole and rot. Jesus. Here's Tim Riley. The whole bunch of you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Apple has announced it will not have a booth at the National Association of Broadcasters show in Vegas, which takes place in April. Uh, says the company Apple is participating in fewer trade shows this year. Often there are better ways to reach our customers and such things. You know, I was thinking about the fire alarm. Do you suppose that fire alarm, if we were to ask one of the engineers, is alterable? Like, do you suppose that we, if we, is there some way we would have access to where the sound comes from? Could we trigger it to say anything we wanted? Hmm. Like, could we, could we trigger it to scream that there, we were being attacked by killer bees or something? I would really get people out of the building in a hurry. Nobody gets it's out of the building. It's probably really old. It's probably like back in that room where old things are run by chains and pulleys. <laughs> <laughs> There's a room back there where everything is run by chains and pulleys in case of an emergency. You hoping it's just a Croatian guy in a bicycle. <laughs> yes. Pedaling. Another guy hitting him with a stick. Faster! Here's Tim Riley. Uh, pro Wrestling is getting smacked down by the CW Network. The long-running Friday Night Smackdown won't be aired on the CW this fall. Uh, that according to the network and World Wrestling Entertainment. They stated that after a successful decade of SmackDown, they've agreed to conclude the partnership for the 2007-2008 season. No reasons were given. I don't think anybody watches the WB. Australian police declared a state of emergency after a drunken man threatened to blow up half the city with his TV remote control. Jeffrey Fryatt, who lived in a luxury golf resort in Bisbane, was arrested by paramilitary police after terrifying neighbors by threatening to detonate a store of chemicals with his remote control. One push of the button will blow up half of Bisbane, he bellowed to the crowd. His lawyer told the district court that his client lost control after losing much of his life savings in a fraud. People are generally scared of explosions, said the judge. <laughs> great members of the public are scared of bombs and bomb hoaxes. They have a great impact, more so these days than they used to. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, uh, this is a, actually kind of creepy. I was going to say a well, little bit. Like, can, you, can you hold on for a second? 
Yeah. This is another one of those voices I was talking about. Uh, there's a lot of guys who sound uh, like this. I'm not saying in a bad way, sir, but I'm saying there's different types of voices. Like I read somewhere that there were only 12 personality types in the world, and that's kind of probably an oversimplification, but we've all met people in our lives who are like, you are just like this other person I know, That blah, blah, blah. There, there are only so many different types of voices. Your voice is of a type, and there are a lot of guys that sound just like this. What is your observation, sir? Um, actually, the, the funny thing is, since you mentioned that, I am all those other voices. Um, <laughs> the creepy Excellent. thing is, could you have Sarah read a few more of those ads? Hey, best show ever. Thanks. Bye. You know who else sounds like that guy? Who? Peter from Nickel Arcade. Same kind of voice. You know who sounds like him? It's that guy uh, who came in who brought me the taser. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I forget his name uh, right now because it's, my brain is totally full of blanking. goo today. But uh, with the kid, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Justin, I think. Yes. Um, but, uh, no, you're right, that they all have that same kind of voice. Like, you can tell, the, like, like very talkative, upbeat, yeah. and intelligent. Yeah. Uh, probably wears glasses. Uh, he does also get points, by the way, for, like, asking you to read more of the intimate services ads, uh, but acknowledging right up front that it was creepy. TMZ is live at the Laurel Canyon Dog Park. Really? Yes, I'm serious. All right. Oh, can I tell you this? So I got to, you know, people will tell you that thing. You know, when you have a child, you get to see things that you'd forgotten the magic of through their eyes. And it's like you get to experience it again for the first time. So uh, I don't want to have kids, but what I have is a wife. And so uh, Laura's been out of the country, and she hadn't seen any of the crap of Britney Spears going crazy and talking in a British voice. And she thought we were making it up. She thought I was kidding. And I... What? You talked about this yesterday. No, 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 but I'm saying oh, okay, but she went and watched it. But no, no, no. I forgot. No, 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 no. So she and I talked about that, but last night when I got home, she's like, where can you see that stuff? And I said, go to TMZ. And I said, type in Britney and, like, British. And so she watched all of those clips, like the one where Britney's at the, the red light. And she's, you know, and she's talking. She's like, how long are you going to stay? Because I'm not going to, I'm going to stay right here. And even Lara, who is predisposed to be sympathetic to the crazy, because that's her bread and butter. Even she was just like, she's like, somebody ought to beat that girl within an inch of her life. And I, and I do believe that she speaks for almost everybody. Who could disagree? Really? No one. I think if we took a national poll right now, can I tell you this? You know what? I want to launch a television show right now. And it's just called. Speaking of which, if I can interrupt myself for a moment, has anybody watched that Moment can of you? Truth show with the lie detector? No. 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 It's apparently pretty good. I'm going to have to start just watching it on YouTube or TiVo or something. It's apparently pretty great. Great idea for a show. Uh, I don't know if it's Mark Burnett or not, but the deal is they just bring people on, sometimes celebrities, sometimes not, and they strap them to a lie detector and just ask them embarrassing questions on live television. It's, oh. pr it's pretty great, actually. Um, and um, uh, anyway, uh, but there was... Um, and then Dennis Miller actually is going to be hosting another television show that I think sounds more interesting than it probably will be because it sounds interesting because you visualize yourself doing it, but it's called Amnesia. And it's like a quiz show, but it's about your own life. And so the deal is Sarah would be on the show, for example. They would sit you in a chair, and they'd say, Sarah, when you went to WSU, there was a bar near campus called, like, Spanky's Tavern. At Spanky's Tavern, you were known for ordering a special drink. What was it? And if you did, and then they would like bring out the bartender from Spanky's Tavern. So it's like Jeopardy, but about your own life. So it's like a, a mix of like This Is Your Life meets Jeopardy. And Jeopardy. Yeah. Oh, I love This Is Your Life. I See? love that show. And I think that show sounds more interesting than it is. Like it's interesting to hear about because you think about oh, well, if it was kind me. Of awkward because we're bringing some like random bartender and it's like hi from my past. I don't remember you. And I don't think I care about anybody else's life. Like I think I'd find it interesting if it were my so life. I just want to have the show just for your life. Basically, it's I want to have. Show. I do, um, but. Um, what was my point? Oh, but I want to do this show, just like a nationwide poll show, where 
you just wire up like every home in America with a yes or no button, and then you just have a show once a week where you ask questions like, should Britney Spears be beaten with an inch of her life? And just see what people say. How great would that be? And it would just be called, like, Vox Populi or whatever. And it would just be the voice of the people. And you would just have all America vote on on questions. You'd settle questions once and for all. Ginger or Marianne, everyone vote now. And then the entire country would weigh in. And you'd finally solve, you'd, you'd get to the bottom of some of those questions once and for all. I'm just saying, you know, OJ, guilty or innocent, vote now. And you ask everybody and you somehow get everybody in America to vote. Wouldn't you watch that? Yes, yes. I would totally watch that. So no, because that means that nobody in America would be doing anything if we're sitting in front of their TVs voting. Oh, yeah, not like now. You know, now they're just voting on a bunch of fat bastards warbling off to a Mariah Carey uh, song. They're you know, outside just, getting fresh air and yeah. using hula hoops. I was going to say, yeah, no, yeah, right now, Sarah, they're all out exercising and helping the homeless. I'm sorry, sir, I forgot you were there. What's your name? <laughs> Hi, what's up? Hey, you're, I think you might be missing part of the deal about the fire, fire drills. Uh-huh. They do those on purpose to make you calm. That's why you're, everyone's so kind of lazy about getting up, because they don't want people actually running out the door screaming. Oh, I see. So it's to uh, inure us to the panic that might otherwise set in if a fire happened. Exactly. That's why they don't change the beach or anything. Is yet. that true, or are you just speculating? I'm, that's, I'm guessing. I'm but, you know, that makes a lot of sense, actually, because if there was a real fire and they set up the fire alarm, I would still assume it was a fire alarm, and we would amble out and not trample each other. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. You know, that makes so much sense. I'm almost... Almost on faith, willing to accept that that's that that's the, that's the truth. That's my best guess on it. And for Brittany, the answer is yes. See, that's what I'm saying. And it would just be called Instapol. That's it. Bam, done. And I bet you could think of a lot of questions like that that you'd like a national answer on. Finally, one yeah. with political, social, moral, entertainment, religious. You know. Once and for all, you're just going to get a goddamn vote on the, from the country. Because think about all of the, and I'm not going to bring up you know specifics, because then we'll be here all day doing that. But think about all of the issues that divide us as a society, and each side of the aisle claims that they're correct. No, 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 the majority of Americans support our belief that blah, 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 blah. And just once and for goddamn all, you're just gonna do, we're going to settle it. Everybody sit down and prepare to vote, and we're going to finish this today. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I got a whole thing going on in my head. It's quite humorous. Really. Is it really? I think so. It's like my head is just filled with sauerkraut. I'm just bees. sitting here, just sitting back like I have one of the good seats. We're just letting you, you know, take it to the streets. <laughs> front, row, front row seat to Rick Emerson's craziness. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. I hate to interrupt. That's okay. Anyway, uh, we talked about this uh, person yesterday, that Colorado lawmaker, has apologized for a statement he made about unwed pregnant teenagers. My, it wasn't a couple of days ago that Larry Liston. Last of the way that society condones teen pregnancy, like that movie Juno. <laughs> uh, and so he blasted away at these kids and referred to both boys and girls who become parents in their teenage years who are not married as sluts. S-L-U-T-S. <clears throat> he says he was not aware of a newspaper reporter that was uh, present during the discussion. He apologized and said he wished he used a more appropriate word for sluts. See? No, no, no. Right now. Nationwide poll. Are unwed teen parents sluts? Yes or no? Yes. You take the entire C, you take the pulse of the country right there. 85% say yes. So from now on, they're sluts. That's it. So Done. then they have to live as sluts. Then they're branded as sluts. Like, that's it, man. With a big writ S. Yeah, until maybe like next year when we do like a follow-up vote or something. Do it like once a year. So uh, what else would he have said instead of slut? There are real repercussions that can affect their lives uh, for many years to come, and that they have to be held accountable and personal responsibility. 
Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I feel like people who say Juno uh, like glamorized pregnancy haven't actually seen the movie. That's true. I haven't. <laughs> I was just going to say that spared us the awkwardness of looking at Tim. <gasps> oh, I didn't even realize. I thought, <laughs> I thought Tim was reading his story. I didn't realize that was his opinion. I thought you would have seen it, though, because you're a, a voter. Wasn't it nominated for SAG Awards or something? It was, but they didn't send it out. And if they don't send it out, then I'm not watching. <laughs> so they expected you to go and pay like a commoner? Yeah, screw that. I didn't vote for it. No. You know why? No, I don't blame you. They didn't they want did. us to see it for some reason. They wanted us glamorize. They wanted you to pay. <laughs> because of the glamour of teen well, you know, pregnancy. Um, Susan Reynolds, actually, and her daughters went it's to see it. It's the newest trend, like the hula hoop. <laughs> the ba- baby, or, baby is the new black. It's a new cabbage patch kid. Um, it's like a cabbage patch kid, but fleshy. Uh, so the, but Susan took her daughters to see it and she said that she liked it, but she wanted the, but she said she wanted the girl's life to be a little more miserable. She said she was sort of unhappy that it, that it ended well, like only not as a film girl, but only because her kids were there with her. She's like, I wanted to see like more bad happen to the girl. Cause I'm watching like dancing on stage at the end. At the end. It's all like, you know, I'm not going to say oh, it. Like a, yeah. It's a pretty, it's a fairly upbeat, happy ending all things considered. And it's a, it's a strange happy ending. Susan, uh, you get the feeling that Susan wanted to see the girl Juno like out whoring herself for crack money or something at the end, so Susan could turn to her daughters and go, "See, keep your legs closed." You know, just you'll end up on Craigslist. Totally, that's the whole, that's the thing. But yeah, <laughs> so it's a pretty great film, though it really is. Um, it's, Maybe I'll uh, see it when it comes out. On I DVD. would strongly recommend it. And I'll it was pay for it. Made for almost nothing. So um, I, it's one of those movies where for the first five minutes you, you will probably hate it. For the first five minutes of that film, I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this film. I'm just going to die. This film is going to suck. And then, but then, bam, it became good. Uh, and I talked to Fatboy, and Fatboy had exactly the same take on it. He said for the first scene, when she's on the phone with her friend, mm-hmm. it, you know what it was for me? Not, I won't spend a lot of time talking about this, but for me, it was the moment when she calls her friend. She's like, so I'm kind of pregnant. And her, when her friend says, honest to blog, and I was like, oh, no. F this. Like, I hate this film already. But I think they're kind of establishing the fact that she's a child, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. That's, that was my thing. I was like, oh, God, please don't let the whole the movie be like this. The hamburger phone was rad. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. But then the movie became great. So it really is. I give it a strong thumbs up. It's very good. Here's Tim Riley. Perhaps I'll see it someday. <laughs> Some survivors of that deadly sugar refinery explosion last night near Savannah, Georgia, have spoken to a doctor who is treating them, Dr. Fred Mullins of the uh, Joseph M. Stillburn Center in Augusta, Georgia, describes what they saw at a press conference today. Some of the patients uh, told me that after the explosion, when the explosion occurred, it blew them greater than 10 feet up in the air. So a sugar factory blew up in Georgia. Uh, pop star Britney Spears' parents are rejecting... Well, maybe this should be a Britney watch. Well, it kind of is. Oh, well, why don't we make it so? All right. It'll be a quick one. Britney watch. Make me tired. As you know, uh, Britney's parents are mad because, uh, well, they let her loose. The release from the psychiatric ward came just hours after Spears' mother alleged in court that Britney's friend and self-styled manager, Sam Lefty, had drugged and verbally abused the singing star. Yeah, I'm sure it's really hard to drug Britney Spears. I mean, uh, it's a real uphill battle to get her to take drugs. However, Lefty's spokesman, yes, he has one already, 
Michael Sands refuted the claim on Larry King, saying he was instructed by doctors to crush the pills and put them in her food because she wouldn't take them willingly. Like That's what this is about. It's about a disease called bipolar. It's not about Sam Lutfi. He, if he drugged her, she wouldn't be out on the streets running around. And it's all because... Bipolar folks won't take their medicine willingly. I believe that the doctors, the psychopharmacologists, instructed him how to give her the medication, whether crushing it up in the food, because often they don't want to take medication. Sam left these people. Um, that's all I have for now. Is that it? Yeah, that's enough. Crushing up, crushing up pills in her apples like she's the family dog. Mm. Um, and putting them in hot dogs. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Brittany, want a treat? Come on, come on. Sit, sit. Who's a good girl? Right uh, tail. <laughs> anyway, um, the I was thinking about this last night actually when Lara was sitting there looking at Britney talking all British and just thinking about how much it would you know just somebody ought to just you know just give her a bunch of fives as they say in Britain. Um, but I was thinking about this. I want to dwell on this a whole lot. We have to take a break. But I was thinking about. Flash forwarding in my head because if you went to Google News at all last night on the entertainment section, it was like nothing but stories from Britney's parents saying Britney's parents fear for her life. Like that's the new parting line for the parents is that like she's gonna die. Like they fear for Britney's health. Like they've been so good for her yeah, all along. Because they've been a stabilizing influence. Get in front of the camera, dance, bring home the rent. Um, I wonder where the hell isn't she taking care of her other daughter at this point, the uh, knocked up one? I don't know. She's, I don't been, know uh, she she's been put away somewhere. She's she's recovering <laughs> in the countryside of Dacha. I uh, and you know what I was thinking about? Well, now I guess I, I guess I am going to talk about Brittany. I have two things to say. One, pull up a chair, Rick. <sighs> Jesus. Uh, one, I was thinking about that photo spread she did for Rolling Stone when she was sixteen. That really notorious like Lolita one. Do you know what I'm talking about? You bring it up like once a month. Well, because it's, it I was stands thinking, out in your mind. I remember her laying there was, on the phone. It was notorious. Is, it, yeah, she yeah. Really and she's pretty. wearing those like. Hot pants that say like baby on the back in sequins, like on the ass. Wasn't she wearing like a, like just like a bra and she's like little pants? She's in her room, standing in front of. It makes it sound like I've been memorizing. I like memorizing she's laying it. down on the bed on the phone. That's the cover. Oh, okay. She's on a pink like satin thing on the phone. But the the one that got everybody's attention. Well, there's two of them. One is where she's like pushing like a girl's bike with a basket on the front of it, and she's wearing like hot pants that say something on the ass. Hot but, pants, pretty little hot pants. <laughs> hot pants. Um. But there's that other notorious shot where she's in her bedroom, standing in front of a dresser, and it's covered with, like, teddy bears and dolls. And you're right. She's wearing, like, a bra and, like, like the smallest pants, shorts you've ever seen in your life. And I was thinking to myself, like, was she crazy then? And is that hot or not? Yeah. I can't find the standing right one. There. I saw the standing one. Uh, I saw the standing one. Somebody was on somebody's blog uh, just recently. But... And she was, like, 16 in this picture, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, barely 16. And I started to think to myself, like, was she already mentally unstable then, and is or is that not sexy? And I couldn't figure out whether that made her less or more hot. But, um, but, but I was thinking about um, about this. I was flash forwarding in my head to. I'm talking like a lost character. I was flash forwarding in my head though to the the inevitable day when we when we open up Google News and Britney's dead. And I was really thinking, like, what will our reaction be? Like, well, that's it, actually that's funny because as soon as you brought that up, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm ready for it. I, that was I my thing too. I prepared myself emotionally. That's my thing is I'm steeled for it. I have readied myself internally. I have girded my uh, girded my emotions for it. So if we were to go to Google News tomorrow morning or Monday morning and it said Britney Spears dead at 20, I'd be like, well, you, know, you should okay. stop saying things because things that you like say it's a couple days on earlier. A Friday night, we'll have to wait two days. Oh, that's the other thing. She'll yeah, she'll die at like five fifteen. You on know a she's Friday. gonna do that to us after waiting all this. Uh, you're gonna die. Do it at the beginning of the news cycle. But I, I did realize that when she when she inevitably does just off herself, I'll be kind of like, 
Okay, and we're done. Like, it's just, like, at this point, it's a movie where the climax has already happened. They've already defeated the creature from outer space. And now it's the final 12 minutes where Shia LaBeouf has to make out with a girl on top of Bumblebee. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just waiting for it to sort of resolve itself now. Like, we're just, you know, we're just waiting for it to play itself out. It seems like we should be done by now. So let's get with well, the program. Yeah, because I thought that maybe she'd be away in a mental institution for a while, but obviously that's not happening. No. Nah. The only way that she'll ever really go away is... When she way. really goes away. When she's giving a lobotomy. <laughs> Kennedy style. All right. She's not the one to devote her life in the service of others. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. hesitating. And this Britney watch. And, then we and it's 1240. We haven't taken a break. Well, it's like all the wind just went out of the balloon. <sighs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break here. We'll close this Britney watch. If you are on hold, many people on hold right now waiting to speak to uh, the masses. So if you're on hold, hang tight. We will get you on the other side of this break. Uh, Scouts honor. So stay there. Back after this with your calls. More from Tim Riley. Don't go anywhere. Here's your Britney watch. Back after this on the Rick Emerson show. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, Aaron Geek in the City, Duran. Uh, and a uh, final pair of Rush tickets. So uh, be listening for that. Uh, all right. I promise to get to these calls. Let's do that. Then we'll have more news. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, uh, how are you doing? Hey, uh, what's up? Good. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, you were talking about Brittany, and I was going to say, you know, we as a country have been trying to wish her out of the cornfield for quite a while now. Yes, yeah, good reference. Um, and she will not go, but... Uh, you were talking about voting uh, before, you know, like a national vote show. Yeah. Like, what do we all think about this? Um, and if we're going to do that, you'd have to do a uh, show like which parts of the country we're voting how. You know what I'm saying? No, totally. You get a, you get a huge map. Uh, you somehow equip uh, every every uh, home in the country with a yes/no clicking button. Something uh, like that. Yeah, you could see like so the Florida vote as opposed to the Kansas totally. vote as opposed to the California, you know. Yeah, and uh, and you know, and you just make it so you can do it either on the computer or text messaging or whatever. But you try to, you know, you do it somehow so only, you know, everybody can only vote once, and then you just you drop a master list of all of the questions that we argue about, fight about all the time, plus a lot of things like. You know, should Paris Hilton be, uh, you know, covered in fire ants or whatever? Uh, and then people vote, yes or no. I mean, that would, I'd sit, man, I'd get a TiVo season pass to that today. It'd be like a pop quiz every night or something like exactly. that. Exactly. It'd be a lot of fun. I'm telling you. You know, there you go. Thank you. All right. Thank no, you. You know, that's, that'll happen in Britain, too. They're always first with these things. The, 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 the British will get right on that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi. Hi. Hello. Um, I have an idea for your TV show. Yeah. Yes, it's uh, I would think. I'm telling you, the people have spoken already. The okay, vote on this show okay. is yes. I think you should uh, add a who wins in a fight, uh, Batman, Superman, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, all the ants in the world versus all the bees in the world and that kind of stuff. Um, see, come on. This is, see, now the people have already started taking this in directions I haven't conceived. This is a great idea. This is maybe the best idea I'm going to have all year. All we have to do is come up with a name now. That's a great idea, sir. Okay, where do you come down on the big uh, bees, ants question then? Uh, I'd have to say bees. All right. Who's cooler, Batman or Superman? Uh, Superman. Oh, you're wrong about that, but that's okay. What about the laser eyes? I'm so, well, okay, I'm not saying Superman isn't more powerful, <laughs> but I'm saying Batman is cooler. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, thank you, sir. 
That show ever. I disagree. No, it's a great idea. This show is going to be, I'm telling you, it's a hit. It's a huge. I had to call Mark Burnett right now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, everybody. Hey, Hello. you. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry I'm a little off topic, but two things. Uh, one, I wanted to update you. A few years, well, three and a half years ago, I invited you to speak at my buddy's wedding. That's officially over. Did I? Uh, no, you didn't. Oh. Well, timing didn't work out. Oh, but. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> okay, wait, let me let me back up. Three years ago, three years ago, you invited me to speak at your friend's wedding. Yeah, uh, and, and I friend. and I was not able to do it for whatever reason. It didn't work out apparently. Just yeah, very very last minute. All right, this, this, this does sound, and please don't think I'm an ass for saying this. It does sound vaguely familiar. I I have a terrible terrible. As somebody pointed out. I would be the worst contestant on that Mark Burnett amnesia show because I can't remember things we did on the show 15 minutes ago. So I did not speak at your friend's wedding. And what happened? Uh, it's over. <laughs> so it's just as well. Right. Or had you spoken, maybe they'd still be together. Oh, thanks for that. Oh. Thanks so much. Yeah. Hey, and uh, just one more thing. Yeah. You know, you are talking about bees and vegans earlier. Uh-huh. Did you know there's actually a type of bee that makes milk? Uh, I, no, I don't think I did know that. Yeah, boobies. Ah, okay. All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay, thank you. Because I was thinking the milk and honey thing in my head, and I thought, is no. that true? I'm sorry, boobies. I should have stepped in there because I've heard that one. Of... Is that like seafood? Yeah. It's in the same Nonsense. boobies. I must have been gone from third grade that day. Here's, we'll get more calls in a second. Ooh, Here's Tim Riley. No, 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 I'm saying, I'm, I'm, look, I love juvenile humor. I'm saying I should have known that. I feel like that's one of those jokes I ought to have known. That's what makes the world go round. No, they say I... it's silly and sophomoric. Well, the people who do that stuff are still working. Those who don't are not. <laughs> I was going to say that's like uh, that's like the uh, you know that's like uh, dead baby jokes, sir. You know what do you uh, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs on your front porch, Sarah? Matt. Matt. It's a, it's a school of comedy we all have to go through. Here's Tim Riley. At least the two suspected gangbangers are in jail, and two men are in the hospital after a shootout at the Woodburn Laundromat. Did they meet at the casual encounter section of Craigslist? It doesn't say here. They believe Ronaldo Zamira of Woodburn had, uh, well, was the intended target inside the laundromat. He was shot several times in the chest and rushed to the hospital with serious injuries. So, uh... Oh. Oh. Yeah. Gangbangers. Okay. Yeah, that type of gangbang. <laughs> so you always take it one, one step beyond... A One step too far. I always go. I always go right to the line, and then Tim b strides boldly across that line. Well done. But then I just leave the door open for more. That's true. Here's Tim Riley. Imagine a world without used car salesmen. It's happening. GM says that 3,900 auto dealers will sell GM certified used cars and the entire inventory on eBay Motors. The listings will be free to dealers. Oh, this is going to hurt newspapers. It's going to be free for dealers. And it'll radically alter the used car business. So uh, eBay Motors' website has 11 million unique users and agreement with GM. Who wants to buy a GM car? Allows dealers who sell GM brands to show their certified used inventory to them. It'll become more attractive to dealers and consumers. So Very confusing. I understand what's going on. So I can buy cars on eBay. Yeah. Right. Instead of uh, going to a used car dealer with the guy. Instead of looking through the penny saver ads, which I was doing all the time anyway. You know, how are those penny saver ads still in business? I was there was a test up TV ad for that the other day. The penny saver ad, still your best value. And who who I mean, is it just people who are either poor or out of touch enough that they don't have the internet? Is that the deal? That could be. I mean, I mean, I I can't. I mean, God God bless them. 
you know, bully for them that they can stay in business. It's just kind of surprising that that like the nickel ads or whatever they're called. I mean, that those things are still around. I mean, they would have been gone years ago. I thought, yeah, Craigslist is really just um, just decimating everything, and that that eBay selling cars is clearly a response to Craigslist, which has just become the, the, the you know every city's repository for like everything. So, did you know Craigslist still only has like 25 employees? Yeah, that entire company is like 25 guys. Really? Yeah, it's like yeah, fewer than 30 people at, at all of it, the entire Craigslist organization. It's pretty amazing. If you want to read a, an interview with what's Craig, what's his name, who actually started Craigslist, it's kind of fascinating how it grew from like one guy running a message board somewhere to, to this thing where it's still only 25 people, but I mean they just rake in like tens of millions of dollars every quarter. It's pretty astounding. So I have another report of people stealing our material. Uh, Mary from Chicago writes. <clears throat> I have noticed that MetalFloss.com seems to have the exact same news stories the day after that we read them on this program. Sure, it's a coincidence. Mm -hmm. So, thank you, Mary, in Chicago. Thanks for listening out nice. there. Thank you. In Chicago, really? Yeah. Excellent. Hello, Chicago. And thank you, Metal Floss. We're stealing all our material. We're doing everything for you. <laughs> well, we, we try to help. All right. Uh, let's uh, uh, talk about the saxophone again. That was a popular topic yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. It, or, yeah, yesterday. Mm hmm uh, scientists have uncovered how saxophone legends are able to push the boundaries of their instrument and reach high notes outside the sax's normal range. Physicists at the University of New South Wales in Sydney say professional saxophone players can tune their vocal track to force the instrument to touch an extremely high note. Researchers used a probe inside the mouthpiece of a tenor saxophone that measured acoustics inside the vocal track, which includes the lips, mouth, tongue, throat, and vocal cords. I think You're looking I, at me with disinterest. I speak for everybody when I say, huh? I don't understand. So, it, it, well, yesterday it, you like saxophones. No, no, no. No, let's be clear about something. I never liked it. Well, that's why I won't say never. I, you, you, I'm perversely fascinated. You, you had more than a casual interest of saxophones, and that's why I picked this story. We are, no, we are bizarrely <laughs> interested. I guess what I'm saying is that I don't really understand the content of the story. You're saying that it is because the saxophone itself is not altered, but the player of a saxophone alters their physiology somehow. That's correct, yes. So is it like a blowing harder or pursing your lips in a certain way kind of thing? Yes. I don't think I could play anything that had a thing to gather my saliva. I don't think like I could... trumpet? But don't all uh, brass has instruments... Has a button to empty the spit. I like the idea of you press a button and spit just comes out. Exactly. Like some vending machine yeah, in I hell. A, I was a trumpet player in my youth. Really? Yeah. And so how did you know when the uh, spit thing had to be emptied? Well, you just did it automatically after playing a while. So you, but, but I mean, what if you didn't empty it? What happened? Like, well, let me ask you this: what, what if theoretically speaking, you just completely forgot about the spit valve? Is there a point where the spit just overflows oh. and just is it, I, I, does it just start running out? Right? You know, I suppose that's a possibility because a lot of times when you're playing the trumpet, you're holding it in the air. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And it would just start pouring. It would like start backwashing. No, th this is just a, a hypothetical thing. It never happened to me personally. But, you're, but theoretically speaking, if you forgot to empty the spit valve, it would be like that overflow drain on the bathtub being clogged, and it would just start to, it would all start to go everywhere, yeah. shooting out of every crack and orifice. Yeah, I know. I mean, I never played that. Long. The longest thing I, I ever uh, memorized was a Marines hymn, and that was it. And I quit after that. Now, was it you? Were you directed to play the trumpet by someone, like a family member or a teacher? I did. My dad. Well, you know, before there were uh, kids got involved in rock bands in the 1950s, early 50s, All kids time. had their own big bands. Really? And my dad played an orchestra called the Bob Roberts Orchestra. And he was, what, what did he do? He was, was a trumpet player. He wanted so several. Wanted to pass it down to you. Yes. That was forci forcibly passed down to me, and I returned it. <laughs> <laughs> returned to sender. I have declined acceptance of this gift. Uh, well, that's like how my dad like was, you know, wanted me to become a uh, country western star. 
and so foisted the country western guitar on me as a thing that I ought to learn. You know, here, learn to play a lot of Lefty Frizzell songs. No, I, no, thank you. Well, the worst part about it was my instructor at school just happened to play in the same orchestra as my dad, and I was uh, never good enough as they were in the 1950s oh, no, as children. Of course not. Did you ever get told you just had the wrong kind of fingers? That's the other thing music teachers love to tell you. It's like Lisa Simpson, actually. I think there was an episode of The Simpsons where that happened to her. But, but music teachers, for whatever reason, my mom went through this thing where she made me take piano lessons for like three months. And finally, I was just like, you know, no, no. That seems like a I lot of work. No. Eight years. Jesus. I mean, are you glad you did? Um, I no. If you had it to do over again, you wouldn't. Probably. I really, I really like learning the piano. I am deathly afraid of like you know speaking or doing anything in public. So I mean, the recitals were the worst thing ever. Right. Ever and like my music teacher would be like, it'd be a real challenge for you if you don't have your music with you at all. So I had a couple of panicky moments where I would like forget the song. Happened. Did you guys have to like uh, play in public? Yeah, you probably were. Did your school have a band or something yes. in which you were obliged to like march on a field or do a thing? I really felt like a Memorial Day. <laughs> Where if you screw up, you're dishonoring the memories of everybody. Uh-huh. It you was horrible. You have to. And see, and did you have to do recitals, like, at your school or something? No, not at my school, but in front of other piano students, but some oh. of which were people who were at my school. You know what? In front of parents, and then I felt like a failure because my mom's paying you, like, ten bucks a week for me to do my <laughs> piano lessons. And thank God my mom finally, after three months, I was like, you know, Mom, this sucks. Uh, okay, Cindy, apartment. This sucks. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, well, okay. She didn't make me know. And you know what? The, the, here's my take on it. I don't have any kids, but, so it's easy for me to say. But my take on it is, this is why that rock and roll camp for girls bugs me in some ways. Because it, to me, it's like, it, it, like you can't force a kid to be into music or into being a musician. And if you try, you're just going to like, it, it, then it just becomes wish fulfillment on the part of the parents. Where it's like, I want you to do this because I think it's cool and interesting. Like, it doesn't matter whether the kids do it or not. So it's like well, they think it makes you a more well-rounded person yeah, on paper. It's like parents, for some reason, are really, really opposed to just letting kids decide for themselves what they like and enjoy. You know, a lot of kids enjoy playing music. You know, like our friend Kristen. You know, she's a cellist, uh, and she does it because she enjoys it. She likes it. Well, she uh, went to a, a huge music school back east. I think she went to Berkeley. Yeah, and she when she continues to uh, to you know perform and she practices just to you know, and I want to say amuse herself. You know, just for her own pleasure sometimes. You know, if kids want to play guitar or if kids want to play the violin or whatever, like, they'll do it and they'll keep doing it. But it's like if parents have this whole thing somehow where children are not allowed to be able to choose. Like, kids somehow don't know what they enjoy. I will tell you what you find enjoyable. So, thank God my mom just, like, let me off the hook. They'll finally was just, screw this. So, it is no fun at all. I'm talking about spit guards. How did we get onto trumpets and spit guards? I don't remember. But let's move on. Uh, I don't know where that came from. You brought it up. Something about the trumpet and brass instruments, and I was asking if they all had spit guards. It really came from nowhere. Yeah. It was just one of those things. It came from nowhere. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, John McCain is apologizing to Republicans at the Conservative Political Action Conference for snubbing them last year. He said he didn't mean to turn his back on them. I am very proud to have come to public office in the Reagan revolution. And if a few of my positions have raised your concern that I have forgotten my political heritage, I want to assure you I have not, and I am as proud of that association today as I was then. We want to assure you he's your only choice. Seriously, you have no options at this point. Your right. choices are A or A. Yeah, we're stay home. You know, and, and, boy, can I just talk about pinhead James Dobson for a second and put out some, the choice of John McCain, I will stay at home and refuse to vote. Here, and, go away. Yeah, seriously. We'll you? remake the political atmosphere without you. <laughs> you're not needed. No one needs you. 
Stay the penalty has moved on. Doesn't matter. You you are no longer needed or wanted here, sir. You can stay there. So, boy, I do feel bad for John McCain. Though. Talk about just, he. you know, he tried so hard to get the nomination in 2000. And if the Bush campaign hadn't screwed him, mm-hmm. he would have. He's finally got the nomination in a year that the Republicans will never win. I mean, a year that the Republicans couldn't win if their lives depended on it. And w- without the support of the uh, Jesus people in the South. Yeah. No, that's it. I mean, it's uh, this year... This is the worst possible year to be a Republican candidate. It's like how they always talk about, you can tell when a movie has no chance because the studio dumps it in January. Mm. Like, instead of before Christmas, if a movie sucks, it almost always comes out in January. That's just the dumping ground where they put all the refuse and detritus. This is the January movie release of the uh, of the political world. I mean, the Republicans are going to win nothing this year. You might as well stay home. That's just the real the reality of the situation. But poor John McCain... He he knows he can't wait another four years. He's like a hundred years old already. Yeah. So yeah, I feel bad for that guy. I really do. Uh, this comes to us from Kirkwood, Missouri. Six people, including two cops and three city officials, are dead after multiple shootings in and around the Kirkwood City Hall. St. Louis County Police Officer Tracy Punis says it all began outside the police station around 7 o'clock last night. We had an officer who was leaving the building. He was outside in an adjacent parking lot when he was approached by a suspect who shot him and killed him. He was deceased on the scene. The suspect then proceeded to go inside the council meeting, shoot another police officer, and kill him. The gunman's name was Charles Cookie Thornton, a local businessman who had a long-standing dispute with the city. One of the survivors is in critical condition. Uh, Tracy says nobody else is being looked for in connection with the shooting. He acted all by himself. There's no reason for the Kirkwood residents to feel unsafe at this point. We do feel like we have everyone accounted for. Uh, oh, by the way, somebody's noted that if you don't have your spit valve, there's a gurgling sound. Also, it starts to mildew. Oh, nice. Ew. <laughs> all right. Well, I had to know. Well, how many trumpet players could there possibly be out there? Anyway? I, you know, at least two. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello? Hello? It's you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just in here waiting. Hey, did you see the newspaper uh, in the Cove this morning? Yeah, I read it every day. I Really? I'm on my way by the Donut Hut. <laughs> no. Oh, you are talking about knives yesterday and how careful you are. A woman fell on a knife here a few years ago, Had uh, went right through her skull and into her brain. Big F- butcher knife. A few years back. Yeah, a few years back. Groundhog Day. <laughs> I got you, babe. Yes. So anyway, in Vancouver, please start again. <laughs> just a just a local newspaper in Vancouver. A uh, woman fell on a huge butcher knife a few years back, drove the knife right through her skull and into her brain. Now, but you just saw the. Why were you asking me if I saw a Vancouver newspaper though? Well, you know, I don't know. Some people, you know, collect a lot of newspapers and skim over the articles. Are you saying that there's a woman who some years ago fell on a butcher knife, yet it was inexplicably just covered in a Vancouver newspaper recently? Uh, well, I don't know why it was just covered. I just kind of glanced over the article myself. But, yeah, they, re- you know, removed it successfully. And uh, Now, you're sure this happened a few years ago? I think, it, I think that's what the article said. Is it, are we talking about the woman who fell on the kitchen knife? Yeah, that yeah. happened a while ago. A few yeah. years ago? Why are they just she now? already healed. I don't know. Why do we just now have photos of it? So very confusing. Okay, yes. So Maybe here's what you sent the film away to be developed. Maybe. <laughs> so here's what you want to do, sir. Uh, go to rickemerson.com and you get a chance. We have a whole photo gallery, including photos too graphic for a family newspaper. You can see one where the right, where the the knife is like right there in her eye. It's pretty great. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's at rickemerson.com, my friend. I'll, I'll do that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, there you go. Uh, was I the only one confused there for a second? 
I I really I thought he I thought he had the thing all wrong there, but I didn't know the story had ju- I didn't know the story had happened a while back. I thought it I just happened like a couple days ago. Yeah, it wasn't explained to us that way. Interesting. It was misrepresented, is what it was. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. This is you. Yeah, that confused me for a little bit there too. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> hey, uh, about kids taking musical instruments and yes, stuff. Yes, sir. My daughter put on a thing at school that she wants to be a rock star. So if she wants to play the guitar and go to the the band camp or whatever. That's cool. But, you know, kind of funny. You know who she put as a, like, role model for Are that? Are you saying that she filled out some sort of what do I want to be when I grow up and she said that she wanted to be Patty Smith or something? No, you know who she put down? Please say it's not Courtney Love. It's Storm Large. <laughs> That's oh. so great. How old is she? How old <laughs> is she? 10. That's wonderful. Excellent. I thought that was so awesome. I'm like, oh, I'm raising my kid right. Let me, well... You're gonna. You think that now? Uh, here's the thing. Well, uh, I think I speak for all of us here who know Storm. That w- well, your daughter is ten. Wants to be just like Storm. Sure, it's no, fun now. Wants to be like Storm musically. Well, that's what she tells you. We're we're gonna check back in with you in about four years when you and your daughter are both taking multiple therapy sessions every week, sir. Okay. So uh, no, 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 well done. Uh, that's uh, that is pretty great, actually. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm all for letting kids follow music if they want to. I just I hate it. It, it, it always yeah, makes me sad when he's throat and it just. This is a monster. What I will do is I will I will force music onto on you until you hate it. I will force yeah. music onto you until you don't ever want to see another instrument. Yeah, right. My mom stuck me with clarinet. Oh, uh, and that's the other thing. Why <laughs> is it that parents? First of all, it's a. It's not bad enough that they decide to force their children to appreciate the arts, which can't be done. But right. then they force children to train on an instrument that will get them beaten savagely every day outside the football locker room. And that nobody can stand Absolutely. the sound of. And that nobody wants Who wants to hear it? You know what this song needs? More clarinet. No exactly. one. No one. No one likes the clarinet. The only guy who, I mean, except for Woody Allen and what's his name? Who is that guy? Um, Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman and Woody Allen. That's it. That's all we knew uh, of the clarinet. That is all we need to know of the clarinet. So. Yep. That's thank, it. thank you, sir. Thank you. Jesus. No, no, no. You, son, you're going to learn the accordion. Because I want you to be a bloodied virgin, uh, like your entire high school career. Uh, all right. Is this Carl Click? Let's find out. Hello, Carl Click from K2. How's the best show ever? Uh, Let me check. Everyone? Perfect. All Hi, right. Carl. It couldn't Click. be better. We're dandy, Carl. How's life? How are things? Yeah. I broke a coffee cup this morning. Oh, that's... Yes, I see, broke. Hey, I, I, uh, not only I, did I break a coffee cup, I broke my favorite coffee cup, a coffee okay. cup that is an inextricable part of my morning routine. I shattered it into a thousand pieces this morning. Well, I have to get you a KATU coffee cup to replace it then. Please do that. Hey, I can explain the uh, woman with a knife in her eye. Uh, she's just now talking about her recovery from that, and and we actually got some new pictures of it that are incredible, but. For some people, hard to look at. Yes. I think we sold them yesterday. No, no. Well, yeah. I didn't steal them. I didn't link I mean, to them. I linked. I linked directly to the uh, to to your site. So yeah. This is and there, there was like the X-ray photographs, and then there's a couple of her at the scene, and then there's a couple of her like, I guess on the table at the hospital where it's like the knife is like, man, it's like yeah. ha- handle deep in her eye. Absolutely, it's an amazing story that Dan Tilkin did, one of our reporters. So when uh, did this accident actually happen? It is a couple years old. Okay. But she's just now getting around to being comfortable to sit down and talk about what happened in her recovery. I can't imagine you want to be reliving that incident like right away. Yeah. Well, and Dan Dan did a wonderful job. If anybody wants to see the story, they can they can see it on our website. Or actually, I think they're going to re-air it this Saturday night at 11. Oh, man, I'd air that every single day if I were you. That'd be today. Here's today showing up. Woman with a knife in her eye. Well, the problem was is, is there was a debate in the newsroom about how graphic those pictures were and whether people would be comfortable watching them. Oh, so, please. 
So we did not air it at any other time during the day except for 11 o'clock and with mega warnings about, we're not kidding, there are graphic video of this, graphic pictures you may be disturbed by. Please, please, you take out that may, by the way, that you will be disturbed by. Were you running, please tell me you were running trailers all day saying, teasing of, tonight, photos we can't show you during the day when children are awake. Almost exactly. <laughs> that is so good. That's the way to rating success. I photos so. show so vile they must be shown after dark. Tonight at 11. That's only on K2. That is the way that you get, like, you know, a, a 40 share. We're open for it. We just need the, We just need your voice behind it because ours didn't do it justice like yours did. <laughs> you, you really have to just completely – because – look, let, let me just say, I know, I know how you people operate. It's a whole <laughs> lot of, No, really. I mean, it's a whole lot of – tonight, something that puts your entire family at risk. It could be just inches away from you. You'll never guess what it is. Tonight at 11.15, I'll get you. I mean, that's totally <laughs> how they do all of that. You look on somebody's face. You know how to do that. <laughs> I, I look, my friend. I've a uh, traffic down there in the muck. I know what it's like. All right. Uh, Didn't they just start a four o'clock newscast over there? Is that is that true, Carl Click? A four o'clock newscast starring you? Uh, it is. We are now officially doing a four o'clock newscast with uh, Steve Dunn and Angelica Thornton. Remember, I'm just a morning guy. Well, I, now see, they really ought to make it like all Carl Click. It just ought to be you all day long in every available slot, sir. Only if Jim's sitting there with me reading his stories. Well, we had a, you got to uh, come by and uh, drop into the studio again one of these days. That was fun. Yeah, you want to you come by yeah. and pay us another visit. You seemed a little apprehensive the last time you were in the studio, though. Well, you know, the first time is is exciting for everybody. So I, I'm I'm more comfortable. We I, you send me an email and I am there. When do we want? Well, hold on. When, Anytime. When, when do we want Carl Click to come in? During the news hour. Oh, he can't come during the news hour because he's on the you're air. On the air. What is this? Uh, is like one o'clock. When is the soonest you could be here? One o'clock. All right. Okay. Let's let's pick a day next week. What do we want to say? Tuesday. 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 One o'clock. Right here. Uh, okay. Sounds like we're fighting after school. Tuesday. One o'clock. Band parking lot. Uh, and I'm bringing my posse. <laughs> okay. His entourage. <laughs> Your peeps. Uh, all right. We will see you at uh, two o'clock. Uh, or I'm sorry, one o'clock on Tuesday. And in the meantime, everybody should be watching you every single day on K2. Uh, so uh, you are a, a friend of the Rick Emerson Show and a good journalist. So. Uh, hey, that's good to know. You guys have a great afternoon. Thank you, Carl Click. All right, there you go, Carl Click. He has one of those names you can never call him, Carl. No, you have to say Carl Click. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like that program director for a KUPL, John Paul, mm -hmm. and you have to say John Paul. Like the Pope, you have to. You can't just say John for some reason. I don't know why that is. I do watch his news in the morning because it's it's down to earth, and he gets his job done. There's none of that tomfoolery that other stations have. He cuts away the fat. You Carl Click gets to exactly. He knows what the what the people need to hear. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, it's Peter from Nickel Arcade. Of course. Hi, Peter. It's just really just that other guy from before calling. Yes, what's up? Hey, uh, so. I feel like I, I am the authority on all things all things band nerd. Uh, I, I was in high school marching band since sixth grade, uh -huh. and uh, my freshman year, I had eight classes. Seven of them were band classes. Oh, Jesus! Got the crap kicked out of me all the time. No, yeah. really, I'm stunned. <laughs> I well, know, I know, I know, blue. But uh, but yeah, the thing with the saxophone, Tim was trying to say, uh -huh. it's not like trumpet where there's only three buttons and you do it, you make like the different notes with your mouth. Uh, with saxophone, there's only so many keys, and with the keys, you can only key to a certain note. Like, right. there's, there's the highest note saxophone can reach. That's but, why they have different saxophones for different keys, right? Well, there's that, but they also make different, they have, like, different sounds. All right, the difference okay. difference between a guitar and a bass. Okay. Um, but uh, the thing is, is that um, you can manipulate your mouth. That's why when you listen to, like, the end of Saturday Night Live, uh -huh. the guy's like, Wah! 
It's, it's like higher than you could ever go. <laughs> yes. It's because you basically have to make your mouth make your mouth muscles really strong, and you learn how to bend the reed and mess with your throat and make it all high. This this really sounds so awkward in so many ways. Uh, all right, can you still play the saxophone? Yes, been playing for about eight years. Really? So you actually now so you own one. You're good. I own two. All right, that's it. You're coming to the studio and you're going to play some saxophone one of these days. That's awful. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to happen. You know how it oh, works. you know you want to. You know, and you, yeah, don't do it coy with us. I can tell you want to do it. And you know how this program operates. If you say you can do something like that, you are then obliged to come do it for everybody. So okay, I, well, next time, next time Nicole K comes in, we'll, we'll bring some saxophone, too. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Hey, speaking of which, we're at SatyrCon this Sunday. Of course you are. What time? Uh, we play at 8. Who are you playing right. with? Uh, we're playing with Just Surrender, uh, Lauren Drive, and National Product. All right, so there you go. 8 o'clock this Sunday, Satyricon, Nickel Arcade. Thank you, my friend Peter from uh, Nickel Arcade, uh, myspace.com slash Nickel Arcade sucks. There you go. The saxophone, I think, is a very New York instrument. When people talk about New York, you see commercials, they always have a saxophone. Totally. It's all, and it's always, he's always, it's, it's nighttime and he's playing down by the street mm -hmm. uh, somehow. It's either there or New Orleans. Yeah. Those are the two places that are, I think, associated with the saxophone. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, anyway, let's uh, talk about Madonna because we haven't in quite some time. Uh, it's been almost a day. She hosted a benefit to aid orphans in the African nation of Malawi, raising money for the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF, and was also uh, opening the new Gucci store in New York. However, critics objected to the use of UN grounds to promote the opening of a Gucci store. The chief executive of Gucci, Mark Lee, says there is no ulterior motive in opening the store and the event for uh, poor children in Africa. Well, just by coincidence, we're opening uh, our biggest store in the world on Fifth Avenue on Friday morning, so it just worked out that it happened to be that timing. Why not bring in the, the shoeless children of Africa to pick up some shoes at Gucci? Madonna said the fundraising charity was uh, proper because technically it's not part of the U.S. Africa's not part of the United States. I don't think we're on the grounds of the United Nations by chance. Oh, God. And there's something poetic about the fact that we are no longer in America. Do I hear a British accent? Yes, yes you do. Yes, you did. I wish that she... Do we I, have more audio from her? I want to hear that accent again. I hate to no, sound sorry, like... because I know Sarah X. Dillon does not like hearing too much of Madonna. I don't have a problem with Madonna. I thought you didn't like Madonna. No, everybody, I mean, she... Everybody loves Madonna. No, I mean, she's not really on my radar anymore, but uh, no, I don't dislike her. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I one, dislike, no one dislikes no. Madonna. No, I wanted to hear her accent again, because I haven't heard her speak in That's so the only long. Madonna song I have today. We all love Madonna. Richie, do you love Madonna? Uh, does America love Madonna? Vote, yes or no? Does Vietnam love Madonna? Well, of course. Um, uh, all right, which appears to be gone at the moment. Everybody know we all we're all big fans of Madonna. I, uh, I and I don't mean to sound like Toby Keith when I say this, but really, I do though wish that she would just sort of shut up and, and say. <laughs> I mean, really, honestly. And if she's gonna talk or talk about whatever or do something, something's not music, but don't be standing at the United Nations talking about like the impoverished peoples. Just stop it. Just shut it. Just shut it and sing "Papa Don't Preach." Come on. Well, right. nobody has a monopoly of caring about the poor children of Africa. Wait, is that a phrase? Are you coining that phrase? I am. No one has a monopoly on caring. And that's... All right. Well, okay. There you it go. It can't just be Angelina Jolie. <sighs> I and guess... Was it supposed to be Paris Hilton? I, guess I think not. she stopped caring before she started. Here's the thing about Madonna, though, is that... Look, I'm not saying 
that Madonna doesn't care about the poor and impoverished and the whatever. Maybe she does care. Maybe she is sincere. But that doesn't change the fact that she never sounds sincere. Like, I don't care how serious she may be about helping poor children. It it, it, it never sounds sincere. She's a terrible actress. Have you ever seen any of her movies? No, it sounds... The only good film she ever... Well, she, Evita was good. Uh, and, of course, Desperately Seeking Susan. But that's it. I mean, that's like lightning uh, Who's twice. that girl? It's like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Everything, she's Breathless Mahoney. And everything else she's done is the worst movie ever made. I mean, what I do last... secretly kind of like Who's That Girl, though, because it is so it's awful. bad. Well, it is ask... one of the most terrible movies I've ever seen. This. When is the last time you saw Desperately Seeking Susan? That's pretty bad now. I mean, it Here's really... With the hat box and the leather jacket with the big pyramid on I mean, it's, it's not like an unwatchable film. It's pretty enjoyable, uh, but it's, it's, it's terrible. And I've actually only seen Evita once, and I quite liked Evita, but I don't know. I'm kind of afraid to go back and I watch like Evita. Well, see, because the thing is, like, cause people slag on Madonna all the time about being such a bad actor. Oh, her movies are terrible. And I kind of like being able to go, well, I don't know. She made Evita. That was really good and uh, desperately seeking Susan. And I'm kind of afraid to go back and watch Evita for fear that I will no longer in good conscience be able to use that as, a, as like, a defense of her. Because if I go back and watch it and it somehow now sucks, I won't be able to say that anyway. So as long as I don't ever go back and re-see it, I can claim, like, with a clear conscience that it's good. You say, does it hold up? That's still good. So. I like it. All right. Well, there you go. Well, that's just one person's opinion. Yeah, but, you know, to be your opinion carries much weight with us, Tim Riley. Thank you very much. No, no, no. We're all Madonna fans. We celebrate, if not her entire catalog, most of it. All right. Other music news, uh, Aretha Franklin is set to be honored in conjunction with a Grammy Award. That's her garbage pail kid. <laughs> Queen of Soul is the 2008 Music Cares Person of the Year. Oh, and you know who's going to be there? Amy Winehouse, only by satellite. Really? She's going to be on the show. Yeah, I read it. And Michael Jackson will not be there after all. Is Amy Winehouse, look at this point, like her hair is stapled under her head. <laughs> oh, that's Jackson. Maybe she's only here by staples. I don't even, under, I, don't even I, I look at Amy Winehouse now, and not unlike Michael Jackson, I can't tell which parts of her are real and which parts are fake. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Eyebrows, lips, ears, nose, hair. Boobs, I can't tell. Maybe some of them are real, maybe some of them aren't. I really don't know. Amy Winehouse does look like a rather shoddily put-together mannequin at this point. Uh, I have no idea who these people are. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How you doing? Hey. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't expect you to pick up the phone. Fantastic. You did call the phone. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I figured Richie would come on first. Okay, well, here so I am. Anywho, buddy. Um, hey, you guys Kyle, what's up? About, Sport? You guys are talking... <laughs> Chief? Uh, you guys were talking about the saxophone. Uh-huh. <laughs> earlier, and it reminded me of an old movie about French fries and French bread when good old John Cusack comes out with his second Better off dead. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah he is, uh, fries. when he is serenading Monique uh, with his saxophone. <laughs> God, what a great movie that is. What yeah, a the fact wonderful that, that shit film. could work on a 67 Camaro, I mean... No, no, I mean, that movie, the, the thing about Better Off Dead is... It still works now, unlike a lot of teen movies from that era, because it was ridiculous then. Oh, it's completely bizarre. It's completely... I used to love that movie no, when I was a kid. It, I have to tell you, no, it re go back and watch it. It still holds up, and that's not just nostalgia talking. It holds up no, because, it... yeah, because it's a surreal... I don't want to say it's... So a it's, not a, it's not a real world, it doesn't seem. Yeah, and I don't want to say it's a parody. It's not like date movie or scary movie or one of those. It's not like an airplane-type parody. But even then, Steve Holland, who made that film... He, even then, in like 86, I think is when that came out, he already spotted and used all the cliches. He knew all the cliches. The nerdy girl who's secretly attractive and the good-looking guy who's kind of an outcast and the weird loving family that 
you know, he's nice, but the, doesn't the understand two you. kids that learn to talk watching yeah, sports and like the, TV. The, yeah, the zany, like, stereotypes and, like, the, um, the good-looking guy that you have some sort of challenge with at the end. Steve Holland, way before South Park, was able to spot all those cliches and make fun of them. It's still uh, a good movie. It holds up. Go watch it. Singing David Lee Roth cheeseburger. Oh, oh the man. Cheeseburger. <laughs> and then the cheeseburgers, which are cuddling at the end when he's playing the saxophone for Monique. So, yeah, yeah. I've right. watched that movie so many times. It's yeah. kind of sad. This is fabulous, like yours. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Things like the moonshine that Ricky's dead pappy used to make. <laughs> Hi, Tim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Should we talk about uh, girls who play hockey? Sure. This comes to us from uh, Moose Lake, Minnesota. Of course it does. <laughs> well, you know the girls play hockey. I was going to say, is that going to be the new Playboy? The girls of Moose Lake. The girls of Moose Lake. Jesus. Can you see a Lifetime movie come out of this? Uh-huh. The uh, State Girls Hockey Coach Association says that girl hockey players have to realize that contact is part of the sport and retaliation is not acceptable. Benji High School coach Matt Mean said he's waiting to see what happens in a potential assault case involving a 15-year-old Moose Lake girl who was hurt while playing hockey. What we need to do is find out what went wrong in this situation. You know, our, our coaches around the states and, and even some of the, uh, you know, some of the kids. Just to remind them again that this is a game and that it's never okay for kids to engage in violence or malicious acts with intent to injure people uh, on or off the ice in the classroom, whatever it is. Only if you're Canadian, the girl has a temporary paralysis and a concussion. This happened at the fight during last month's game between Moose Lake and International Falls. They're tough competitors. All right. Uh, hello. Hi. Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. What's going on? Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Uh, um, so um, I've uh, got this new habit of listening to uh, the show before I go to go to bed each night. It tends to give me uh, more comical dreams. And well, it, sounds, um, it sounds like a good habit. Yeah. It's, right. Did I say bad habit? Yes. Uh, so you now well, listen. Let me, let me ask you this. What time do you go to bed? Um... Between 10 and 3. Now, do you listen to the whole show before you go to bed? Uh, usually I'll just put, like, one episode of the podcast on and let it go. So you put an hour of the podcast. Now, do you wait until the until that podcast is done before going to sleep, or do you drift off into the uh, into the dreamland with us still playing? You know, I think I drift off and uh, subconsciously hear it, and uh, stuff filters into my dreams. So um, then while you're asleep, you hear the voice of Tim Riley thundering through your brain. And uh, the Britney watch, which is... Uh, Excellent. Which was the source of a really, really great dream I had the other night. I was going to a concert. I forgot uh, who the artist was, but um, park it, get out of the parking garage, and I'm walking up to the front of the building, and Britney Spears is standing by herself, uh, like with a pen in hand, like waiting for people to come ask for an autograph. Uh-huh. And um, I was for some reason eating a corn dog and half a mustard packet and she had a she had a handful of skittles and for some reason I walked up to her and asked her if she wanted some mustard for her skittles and she just politely said no thank you and so I turned away and as I was walking away I turned around and looked her right in her eyes and said Brittany, I hope there's vodka in heaven. <laughs> That's wonderful. It is kind of weird to think that we're actually affecting the dreams of people. That makes me feel it makes me feel positively godlike. All right, well, uh, sweet um, sweet dreams then. All right, um, are you uh, you a Dean Koontz fan? Uh, I'm a moderate Dean Koontz fan. I'm not like a freak about it. Like I've read 
I don't know, probably seven or eight Dean Koontz novels in my Have life. Have you read um, Odd Thomas? No, the, the, that's a, there's a couple of those books, right? There's Odd Thomas, yeah. and then there's like a like Seriously Odd or whatever the sequel it's, to that is. Uh, Forever Odd and no. then Brother Odd. It's a little. Uh, I'm on the third one right now. But, uh, the sequels aren't as good, but the first book is fantastic. You should check it out. It's about a this like simple boy. He sees who sees ghosts, and uh, the tagline on the back of the book is says, um, "I see dead people." But damn it, I do something about it or something like that. I'll have to check it out. I'm kind of looking for a new novel to read, so I'll look into it. Yeah, it's great. All right, have a good day. There you go. All right. Here's Tim Riley. A donkey for a village. Gloucestershire UK villagers have applied to their city council for a grant to buy a donkey to help them lug their groceries up a steep hill. More than 30 residents of the narrow Rack Hill in Chalford cannot reach their home by car. They are fed up hauling their groceries up the steep 100-yard hill, and they say donkeys used in the village until 1950 are an economical alternative to a new road. Uh, Anna Usburn leads the campaign. She applied to the council for 600 pounds, that's $1,200, to buy a donkey from the nearby donkey farm. Rackhill resident Dave Andrews replied, the entire village is back to the campaign to bring a donkey. It's a brilliant idea. Archival pictures of the donkey, uh, dated back to the 1930s, show donkeys delivering bread as well as coal from a nearby canal. I have some old uh, donkey pictures here. <laughs> if anybody would like to see them. May I please see your donkey Can we pat them around the, the classroom around the so everybody can see them? All right. That is an old donkey. That is an old donkey. By the I way, I've already got somebody who says, you shut up about there being only two good Madonna movies. You completely left that league of their own. Sorry. <gasps> oh, the first right. shame. Oh, I know. I'm a terrible person. No, me too. I should have known that. She's all the way, May. All right. That's a great movie. I don't care what anybody says. League of their own is a fantastic film. Anybody who doesn't like that can just shut it. Mike, can we have a cross promotion to sponsor that donkey? Is this what is this? Should this be our charity? I think so. Like KUFO raises money for drug-addled babies or something. We we can raise money to buy a donkey, a donkey for, for the village. Where is this at? Glou- Gloucester? Where is that at? Is that England? Britain? Yeah. Well, they're Britain. They're a civilized country. Why can't they just buy a donkey? Well, they need the money uh, from a grant. To but do one that. doesn't just buy a donkey. No, but how much can a donkey possibly cost? Well, they want the city to buy it. They're paying taxes for nothing. Oh, is that okay? So is, they feel like their taxes are going to. I don't know. Taxes are going to welfare moms. Taxation without representation. Taxation without a donkey. So they want to... All right. Well, there you go. Well, let's put that over there in the to-do Donkey pile. pile. Yeah. In the donkey pile. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson. Hey, Hello. this is for Sarah. Uh, how about for the next Soapbox Derby thing, we do a um, kind of like more like a float with uh, Nickel Arcade on it, uh, playing uh, a saxophone version of uh, Buck in Heaven. That might be a little dangerous, sir, but that's a creative idea. I think yeah, you're only allowed well, to have, have three to... people in the car. Oh, really? Yeah. No, wait a minute. That last one, that last one had the, that one last year had the float with the people hanging off of it with the, uh, you know, butt crack and stuff. <laughs> okay, bye. Thanks. <laughs> Jesus. This is people like are strange. Wednesday was like this, where all of I'm the like, calls were. A, you said Wednesday. I'm like, wait, I thought it was Friday. No, you really, was, just panicked. No, me. The, 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 the last, the day before yesterday was like this, where all the callers were sort of crazy. That was that day we were glad in here. We were glad we were down in here behind many, many lockable doors because we felt like everybody was going crazy. Jesus. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yeah, regard, regarding the uh, donkeys. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, Tim uh, talked, uh, told us a story about uh, donkeys in Idaho needing homes. Tim, do you remember uh, this? I'll have to don- go, go to my donkey files. Yes. They're, yeah. they're in the other room. 
Yeah, we should just send him over to that country that needs a donkey. Well, we should just, really, let's be honest, we should just send to Idaho somewhere, period. We should just, <laughs> really just get ourselves some big saws, just cut Idaho out of the ground, stick it on a boat, and just send it somewhere. We'd all be better off. Uh, We'd be without potatoes. Yeah, I suppose. That's, you know, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. So, I haven't heard you guys talking about that stabbing. The um, That actress, uh, Reese, uh, Reese, With she played... No, it was with a knife. With a knife? What? what? Let's stop it was now. Not, the stabbing was not with a spoon. It was with a knife. Okay, let's all stop. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's a joke. Oh. The stabbing was not with a spoon. It was with a knife. It was Reese not with, with a, a spoon. Oh. It was a knife. Is this an original piece of comedy, or did is this something? Or did you hear this uh, from somebody else, sir? No, I I heard it actually a long time ago, and I've been saying it ever since. To I mean, most people do hate they, it understandably, but do, do they laugh when you say it? Do other people laugh? Well, it's mostly me laughing, and then I it think just that, repeats you know, itself in his head over and over again. <laughs> right. in a continuous loop. No, it's the thing is, I can't remember jokes, and that's the only one uh, you know that comes to mind. So. So in your head, yeah, that, that actually a joke. I was going to say, so in your head, that actually also passes as a joke. Right, right. And also, I saw this call going differently. Yeah. Well. You, and by differently, you mean you mean well. <laughs> well, better. Hold on. Yeah. Now, would you would you like? Uh, now uh, we can. Now here's the thing. Because yeah, he's trying. Now. No, no, no. What I'm saying, I'm feeling generous though, and I'm. I do want to help you. You did make a good effort. And because, as you said, you did see the skull going differently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's now. Okay. What is your name, sir? Adam. All right, Adam, we're now uh, we're going to come up with a different joke for you to tell. We're going to have the okay. audience come up with a joke. It'll be followed by thunderous laughter. Yes. Uh, we're going to okay. have the audience come up with a short, funny joke that you can tell your friends to replace. And don't... You, can you give us a sample joke, Just get, get rid of that. Get rid of that joke that's in your head. Wait, you, uh, I may have a sample joke. What do you think about this one? Uh, did you hear about the circus fire? The circus fire. No, I did not. No. no. I, I heard it was intense. <laughs> That's what my friends and I say. You're like a circus. You're intense. <laughs> well, that was. I, I, think, I thought I that was hilarious. He, I think he's giving his jokes out of highlights. <laughs> on the on the classic one to ten scale, where is that joke? Do you think? That was, that was pretty weak. No, I'm not asking you. You're no judge of comedy. Uh, the Sarah Tim one well, to I ten say, scale. I say that, but I word it differently. Like, we'll just be like. Uh, let's encourage it. Six. Really? Yes. <laughs> no. Okay, Tim's a generous. You know what you are? You're like the Randy Jackson and crap. You're all like, no, 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 dog. You, you got heart. That's a six. Good looking out. Um, all right. So here's the thing. Do you have anywhere to be right now? Uh, no, I'm just driving. All right. So here's the thing. I'm gonna. Can you hang on hold? Sure. I'm gonna put you on hold. Uh, we're gonna take a break here. Uh, we come back. Uh, we're gonna do a little high concept uh, segment. We come back. Uh, we want a joke, and I would say this. I'd say the joke's got to be, you got to be able to tell it in less than, like, 15 seconds. You think? Yeah. I don't want to say, like, one sentence. It's going to be, like, a run-on sentence. I say, if you got a joke that you can tell beginning to punchline in, like, 15 seconds, uh, we want you to call 503-733-2970. Uh, we need to replace... Yeah, that's a terrible joke. We need to replace that joke with something better for Adam to amuse his friends with. This sounds fun. It does. It sounds like a laugh riot. A rib-tickling, slap-happy laugh-a-thon, Tim. I'm so proud of you for getting through that without flubbing it. I know. It's a terrible day for talking. I love this song. This is the best Madonna song ever. It's the ever. best Madonna video ever. Oh, she has never been hotter than in this video. No. There is, this is the best she ever looked. 
It really is. And she is gorgeous. And I don't mean that in a creepy, slobbering guy way. She is just... She's like very naturally pretty in it. And she's got the auburn hair. She's just got that off-the-shoulder dress. Boy, I sound like Bruce Valanche. Anyway, but she looks beautiful in this video. Well, it's not her fault because apparently a rule went out every time you, you describe Madonna. Now you have to start out with 50-year-old Madonna. Totally. The material mom. And, you know, this song is great, too, because it is the blend of all the best Madonna things. It's got gospel. It's got dance. It's got a little bit of pop. It's And it's also edgy. And it's sexual but religious at the same time. Like a springer step. And it's poppy. It's bouncy. Oh, here comes the beautiful black but like the But like Prince, she merges sex and God together. Like, because it could be about praying or it could be about, you know, maybe you got to pay the rent. I love this. I could listen to this song all day. This guy in this video is so beautiful. The sexy black Jesus? Mm-hmm. Big chocolate chocolate savior? Did I tell you I have a picture in my room? It's um, the Last Supper, but it's all black people. Excellent. So it's the most amazing picture I've ever seen. i got to be careful that we could just spend all day listening to Madonna. <laughs> burning crosses. Oh, that scene where she's dancing in front of burning crosses <laughs> is so hot. hot. Here's, yeah, here's why it's hot, though. Not that I find burning crosses to be arousing. It's that it's because at that moment, you know, it's she's hot there because not because of the way it looks, but because at that moment, that you get the sense that like Madonna knew exactly what she was doing with that scene. It's hot there because she because it's that thing of her sticking a finger right in your eye. That was where she was just like, you know, trying to come up with something that was so shocking and weird and beautiful and off-putting. Yeah, this is the best video she ever made, too. I don't know anybody who doesn't like this song. You know what? You know another great. You know an overlooked Madonna song, and I, I always go to this one. Is Oh Father? That's a beautiful song and a beautiful video by David Fincher, I think. Oh Father is it's disturbing. It's a really depressing, disturbing uh, song and video, but it's great. You know, if you get the Immaculate Collection CD, this is part of like a mega mix in the songs. This goes right into uh, whatever the next one is, like La Isla Bonita or something, without without any break. Forget I just said that. Let's uh, take a break. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Three three two nine seventy. What's going on with my mouth today? Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Come on up here, just a skosh. Aaron Durant from GeekInTheCity.com. Another pair of rush tickets. Our final pair of rush tickets uh, for this week. Plus, we'll announce the glorious bastard of the week here in just a while. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. I keep meaning to get to this. It's the worst song you've ever heard. Um, before we do anything else. And we'll get to uh, Tim Riley with his news in a moment, and then uh, we're going to. Uh, we had a listener, Adam, call up, 
who had a terrible joke that he's, I, I think, been trying to pass off to his friends as comedy. And it hadn't really worked out. Uh, so we're going to find a better joke for him. But I, I do want to do this. I, uh, it, in fact, we might as well just welcome Aaron to the show now. Hello. Hello. He's not in the studio. Hi, Aaron. Well, I'm trying to be good, you know, not jumping in. None of that's fine. But, uh, but I figure you might as well join us here because... Uh, might you, as well. Now, how much Spanish do you speak? Crap. Okay. Oh, no, sir. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. I, think I can get by. All right. Well, you may or may Much not even... Much of my mother and grandmother's shame, I'm not fluent. You uh, you might or might not even know what this guy's saying, but this is a bit... So, uh, Laura was in Panama, and so she's, uh, you know, was riding around at one point on a Panama City bus, which I guess is probably... That's probably a whole lot of fun on, like, many levels. <laughs> Shades of romancing the stones. <laughs> Seriously. Um... Just um, chickens just a lot falling, of people, chickens falling off the roof. Joan Wilder, a lot of skinny goats on pieces of twine. Uh-huh. Um, but so she's flipping around. She has a radio with her, you know, her MP3 player radio, and she's flipping around listening to the uh, to FM radio, and she lands on wait for it, a wacky Panamanian morning show. And so, God bless her. This is why she's the best wife ever. She immediately starts recording it because she knows <laughs> we'd want to hear it. So I have not altered or changed or edited oh, this. Oh, you have it. Yeah, I have it right oh, here. God bless you. Oh. So I have not altered or changed this in any way. I haven't edited it. This is exactly uh, as she was recording it. This is apparently... Are you sure it's clean? Because yeah. they have different rules. No, no, no. It's clean. It's okay. uh, Yeah, no, no. It was some sort of family, like, AC, like, pop, you know, station or whatever, but just in Panama. But it is, it is proof, though, uh, that bad radio is bad radio, no matter what country you are in. So I'll just give you a little... And it's all in Spanish. It doesn't really matter. You can play some music. But... The the two things you can listen to here is a, they have all of the same fixations on bad sound effects that morning shows here do, <laughs> except the sound effects are like really like cheap and low budget, and so they just keep them on a loop in the background. And so the two things you will notice here is one is like the world's worst laugh track, like the worst laugh track you have ever heard in your life, and then just for no reason throughout this the sound of shattering glass. Like, like for for reasons that pass understanding. You sure that's a sound effect? She was in Panama. Wait, hold on. Like, what is with the weird giggling that's kind of unnerving, actually? So we haven't even. <laughs> it's a glass breaking, and that they keep doing that throughout this. By the way. Right Wait. 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 <laughs> It's hilarious. I can let it go for like four minutes, but that's all it is, really. And as the songs are Just playing, laughing and smashing glass. Yeah, and like in the, they've only got two sound effects in Panama, and so like in the middle, of, in the middle of the song, like there's a guy like la 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 la. In the background, just glass shattering everywhere. If it makes you feel better, I think they are talking about the differences between men and women and really? wives. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that white people walk this way? <laughs> that's it, man. There you go. Bad radio is everywhere. You know, the odds of that being a clear channel station Jesus. are pretty strong anyway. <laughs> True. Well, no, because hey, when why, wouldn't they own a lot of South Ameri- why wouldn't they own a lot of South Americans? Because like, when you're in L.A., half the stations are one version of Spanish or another. Oh, well, All was, of them. You know, in uh, London, uh, the clear channel owned a whole bunch yeah, of Yeah, that's what I mean. So, so yeah. it does, it's probably voice tracked out of like San Bernardino anyway. Yeah. yeah, Aaron met the fabulous clear channel lady, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she yeah, was, was wonderful. Charming. Yeah. And she smelled. 
Aaron, oh, I forgot about that. Did she smell? Was of, I wrong? Did she smell? No, of, you were right. I was right. Did she smell of success? No. Well, if success smells like um, laxatives. Yeah, we think she takes she, the ex she the smelled ex-lax of, diet. Maybe let's just say, did she smell of butt? No, not specific. No, I've I've smelled many a butt that don't smell bad. How about hers? Wow. Okay, we're no, no not of butt. No, I'm sorry. No, we're done. No, she. Stop. She smelled like Stop. the other stuff. Laxative. Stop. She smelled Laxative. like the stuff. No, that's what, that's what I thought did. about because when I, I used to be the manager, an overcome manager at pharmacy, and we had, it was mainly women, that would do the X-Lax diet, and they would pop like a box of X-Lax a day, and over time, they just began to smell like it all the time. They began to smell of laxative? No. Of, you know. Of, of, I couldn't figure out. Beefies. That's there. what I was Scientific. asking. Is yes. it so hard to say that? I couldn't figure well, out. Well, I never know when you're going to freak out whether I use a medical term or not. Well, if you were to say, you know, she smelled like ass. She <laughs> did smell like ass. She <laughs> smelled of really ass and reeked of hate. <laughs> and reeked of hate. All right. Hey, and wait. I was so well behaved that night. Moving forward. Tim, have you news for us? I do, yes. Let's take a listen to it, shall we? And then we'll get some uh, jokes. And now, from the and smashing glass. Truth, this is Tim Riley. So on this tasteful comment about Chelsea Clinton by an NBC anchor, an MSNBC guy, could it imperil Hillary Clinton's participation in a future presidential debate on the network? In a conference call with the reporters, Clinton Communications Director Howard Wilson said that David Schuster had suggested that the Clinton campaign had, quote, pimped out <laughs> 27-year-old Chelsea for having placed a phone call to Democratic Party superdelegates on her mother's behalf. And now, MSNBC has suspended the guy. Zang. David Schuster. 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 All right. Wouldn't that technically being whoring out Chelsea, not pimping out? I think it's the same thing. I think pimping out and whoring out are the no, same thing. No, Bill would be pimping out of his daughter, and she is whoring for her mom. Whatever. Here's uh, Tim Riley. The FDA says Botox can kill... They have just issued a warning saying the popular cosmetic enhancement can injure and kill. If Botox goes bad, patients may feel weakness and droopy muscles. And apparently after the injection, sometimes enough to send to the hospital or even a morgue. So you'll die, but uh, you'll be smooth at least. I think so, yes. Smooth and cheerful looking. A Canadian woman narrowly escaped being hit by several chunks of ice that crashed through her bedroom ceiling. Out of an airplane. Mm-hmm. The Calgary, Alberta Fire Department said the woman was in her room and only a few steps away when the debris exploded through her roof shortly after 9.30 in the morning. You know where that's from? An airplane. No, more specifically? Yeah, the restroom? That's toilet ice. That's what that <laughs> is. You know it's true. That's what it always is. Uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's like the toilet ice comes plunging out of the belly of the airplane. It was a frozen liquid. Yeah, yeah, of course it was. <clears throat> Just like in Little Miss Wyoming. Exactly. And it's, or Miss Wyoming. They, I was thinking Little Miss Sunshine. Always into somebody's house. For, for whatever reason, a toilet water never falls out of an airplane lands in a field. It always lands like in someone's well, bedroom. It probably lands in the field. It's you just, just don't hear about it? Yeah, it's just that crop grows extra strong that year. <laughs> Excellent. A mansion near Orlando owned by boy band creator Lou Permanent is going on the auction block. Uh, apparently, the deal could sell the 16,000-square-foot home in Windermere for about $7 million, but that fell through last year. A 53-year-old remains jailed after being indicted on three counts of bank fraud and single counts of mail and wire fraud. Yeah, be sure to give those walls a good steam. He was arrested in Indonesia where he was found staying at a posh hotel under an assumed name. He's famous for creating the Backstreet Boys at NSYNC. But he had a number of interests including restaurants, aviation, and modeling. Is that the fire alarm going off again? What was that? I thought I heard the fire alarm going off just now. Well, we'll well, I'm going to stay here and go down with a ship. I haven't heard it again. 
It sounded like somebody had like set their cell phone. I was going to say maybe somebody's phone is vibrating. Is that yours, Aaron? That might be mine. I thought right. Okay. Okay. Oh, about it. Uh, police officers in Daytona Beach, Florida, are swapping the mouths of persons of interest during traffic stops. DNA kits in the hunt for an elusive serial killer. Investigators believe the man has killed four women execution style in the Daytona Beach area. The serial killer is likely clean cut, probably has a wife or a girlfriend. Uh, genetically, we know who he is. We have DNA evidence from the murder scene, so we've got that. This is never going to go away. Sooner or later, we'll match DNA to the physical person that bring closure to this, so they're going to stop people at random. Well, that'll be fun. They're uh, having their own uh, traffic stops and special ops in hopes of uh, making a match. Oh, by the way, uh, for those people who did wonder, uh, my uh, my serial killer uh, of the month is Ted Bundy on my serial killer calendar upstairs. So there you go. Last month, Charles Manson. This month, Ted Bundy. Well, that is a good thing. <laughs> yes, it is, Tim. Hey, who wants to hear some jokes? I do. All right. Boy, Only funny I... ones. So we had that Adam guy who told us, the joke was so bad, and I can't remember what it was. Something about stabbed Reese, but oh, not with Reese. a spoon, with a knife. It was, a, it, was an, it was awful. It didn't really count as a joke. I mean, it just counted it's kind as... kind of embarrassing. Sort of a, it just, just counted as shame. Maybe we should only ask for knock-knock jokes. You know, okay... Well, has Richie been screening these questions? Do we know if, if the people are just going to blur it out? If by screening you mean picking up the phone and then putting it back down again so we can pick it up here blind? Yes. Yes, he has, Sarah. I don't think there are any good knock-knock jokes. Does anybody know a good knock-knock joke in no, the world? But no, but somebody might... They're good, they're good when you're under no. ten. Now, see, I don't know any good jokes. I hate it when people put me put you under pressure. I only know a couple, but they all seem to involve clowns killing people. I don't like to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Uh, we're trying to keep these under fifteen seconds. Do you have a good joke? Hello. This that doesn't is... sound like the same one. Oh, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Hello? I think that was a syllable of some word. Hello, can you hear me? Are you on a speakerphone? In a bathroom. Uh, no, I'm in a hollow room. <laughs> Is it padded? Of emotion. <laughs> um, why, what? I'm in a hollow room. What kind of hollow room? First of all, rooms are almost always hollow or you couldn't get inside, sir. Secondly, what? What kind of room are you in? Uh, a family room. Why is is there anything else in the room with you? Not anymore. Uh, no, just a ladder. Oh, so are you are you, are you are you building or painting or something? Yes, I am painting. All right, uh, all right. What is your joke, sir? And is is it clean? It's pretty clean. I told it to Richie. Well, that's really oh, no roadmap. Boy. Is this the one about tampons? Ah, uh, yes. What is our gut sense on that joke? I'm saying no. I think that's a morning show joke. Yeah, that it is a it's a it glass very, breaking it is borderline. Or a Panamanian. It's a Panamanian. You know, Richie joke. did tell us and it is funny, but It maybe is funny. Not. I'll do here's the thing, I'm just gonna give the setup. The setup is <sighs> what do blondes and tampons have in common? Now later on, I'll give the punchline. Later on, yeah. but not now. Sounds good. All right, thank you, thank sir. You. Bye uh, now. Sorry about that. Yeah, please try to keep these non blue. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. No, I'm afraid my joke is even worse than that, but, you know. Okay, you know, now, hold on. Now, can you give us the setup? Is the setup clean? Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's absolutely what's clean. The, what's it's, the setup? It's a, it's such an old joke that maybe some of your younger listeners have never heard it before. You know, that would be a whole interesting bit where you just give the, the clean setup uh, to an incredibly filthy joke. It ends with the aristocrats. Have you heard it before? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. 
But um, actually, the, my primary reason for calling was uh, I wanted to do a shout-out to Seamus that uh, next year's contest, he could sponsor a donkey. Every year that Rick rides, or every day Rick rides, you know, you could be putting nickels in a cup to uh, get a donkey village someplace. Seamus, are you there? Bye now. Please don't take this the wrong way. I'm so glad it's Friday. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson <laughs> Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Do you have a joke, sir? We've done all this yes. time, not one joke. Yes. What is it? Yes, I do, actually. Is it clean? Um, it's pretty clean. <laughs> There's nothing that, <laughs> clean. It, nothing that makes that ears prick it. up all over the company than the words, it's pretty clean. <laughs> all right, yes? Okay, well, okay, I was uh, driving down the road the other day, and I just got this new radio, right? And whenever you want, you know, someone to play, you say the name of the artist, and I'll start playing on the radio. Well, I was driving down to school the other day. These kids jumped in front of my car, and I was like, effing kids. Michael Jackson starts playing. I'm sorry. I'm, I laughed. I la you can't fool the gut test. I laughed at that. Sarah rolled her eyes. Tim yeah. sort of laughed silently. I did, in fact, laugh out loud. Well, what's funny about that is when I first heard it, I actually believed the guy was actually talking about a real radio that yeah. he had. Jokes so like that. Into it. Jokes where you sort of are suckered in by the setup, but those are yeah. kind of good, too. All right, that's, that's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, okay, thank All you. Right, bye now. That's like the priest in the woods joke. Uh, what's that yeah. one? What's that one, Aaron? You've heard that one. No, I've heard one about the clown in the woods with the kid. It's the same thing, just add a priest. All right. Never mind. Well, forget it. Screw that joke. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Do you have a clean joke? Yes. What is it? It's a uh, guy from Bill Cosby. He goes, knock, knock. Wait, hold on a second. First of all, do we all agree that a <laughs> clean, funny joke is actually kind of worth more than a, than sort of a, a, a foul, funny joke? Because it's like, yeah, it, for if it's clean to be funny, it has to be even funnier. You know, you have to work right. twice as hard if it's a clean joke. And we want to be family friends. Because profanity is a cheap laugh. It's an easy way to get people to laugh. It's actually harder. My hold on a, a second, sir. It's, it's harder to have a clean joke really be funny. All right. What is your joke, sir? I goes, knock, knock. Who's there? Cows go. I'm sorry, what? Cows go. Aaron? Cows go who? No, silly. Cows go moo. That was a Cosby joke? When, yep. did, when did Bill Cosby tell that? What stage in his career? What? 1975. All right. Uh, yeah, I give that a two. And I call right. I call shenanigans. Yeah. All right, no, exactly. Yeah, no, that's not a book. Thank you. No, sir. Hi, we're trying to help out the, the listeners. Here. It's our high concept. God talking to Moses. That's a Cosby joke. Bill Cosby jokes have no punchline. They're just stories. No, that's what I mean. And Bill Cosby's funny, but yeah. Bill Cosby doesn't do a set him up, knock him down kind of. Have thing. you ever heard his actual adult show? He's yeah. done one adult show. Yeah. No, and even that's not that dirty. No, he, you know. it's sort of long and winding roads to, to comedy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Do you have a brief and clean joke? Yes, I do. All right, what is it? You ready? Yes. By the Sarah, way, this... are you ready? Yes, I'm Sarah ready. Yeah. Loves By the way, this is the guy that was headed over the transistor radio in the hospital about three months ago. Excellent. Okay, here we go. KCMD Portland. <laughs> Why don't blind people skydive? <laughs> well, the setup <laughs> makes me laugh. Tim's laughing, happens. too. He tries to pretend he's a man without emotion. Andy captured Sarah, Freddy. Sarah, why don't blind people skydive? <laughs> I don't know. Why? Because it scares the heck out of their dogs. <laughs> Best show ever, Rick. All right, thank you. Take care. All right, I didn't find that oh, that funny. I thought really? the setup was funnier than the punchline. Well, because in my head, I just see the dog just flailing about in the <laughs> sky. <laughs> and then the blind person landing on them. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Do you have a uh, brief, clean joke, sir? Yep. Don't dump that. Oh. oh. You know that twice? I have dumped it once. Okay. No. <laughs> it. 
Well, Jesus. No, <laughs> more, I, no more jokes for a while. <laughs> that was clean. That's a, Dr. Drew could tell that joke. Dr. Drew's on after 10 p.m. That's a safe harbor time. This is a.m. <laughs> FCC's not listening to a.m., are they? Let's find out, huh? <laughs> no, that's no, I believe that. You can't, no, a joke about a guy's face and another guy's testicles. You no. just said that, see? But I didn't give the action. I'm just describing the nature of Don't the... Don't say it, Trust me. All right, stop. And the best part is that was right after I said, is it clean? Sure. So it involves <laughs> one guy's face and another guy's scrotum. All right, uh, Jesus. <laughs> Two guys, one elevator. <laughs> Sarah doesn't find this interesting at all. Do you find this completely uninteresting? Because she's a girl. That's this is a guy thing, man. Yeah. All right. It well, definitely. We'll is. finish this out here, and then we'll uh, move on to some other things. Ah, uh, you're on the Rick Why Emerson you show. Why entertain me? It seems like it's entertaining the people. Sarah probably and won't by, like this. And by people, you mean uh, you mean guys between the ages of 18 and 34, especially. Yeah, Turn you sure. down. All right. Now, is this a clean joke? And please don't say it's clean. And then the first word is like anus. Yeah, it's clean. Okay. Okay, lady and goes to. We're done. We're done. <laughs> done. Done. <laughs> we are so done. For those, because I, I believe, love your audience so much. We're going to break. For, think they're in some kind of saloon. For, the, for those who didn't hear that, I said, is it clean? <laughs> and the guy said, yes. And then immediately, it was to between, it, it, it was, then immediately it was sex between women and dogs. Well, who knows where he's from. <laughs> Maybe he was from Eden Claw. We're back after this. Get famous at mytalkingfame.com. Excellent. Uh, why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. What do Yoko Ono and Ethiopia have in common? No. No. I'm not reading any more of these. I had to I walked by and Richie was desperately trying to And the lines are still full. <laughs> People are gonna try sneaking them in. So Rick, I come talk to you about what do you call them to There's a couple of these that are a lot of them are about bartenders or blind people. Such as this one's actually pretty good. By the way, don't call with more jokes. I'm reading the couple I got in the email that are pretty good. We're moving on, though. Lady walked into a bar and ordered a double entendre, so the bartender gave it to her. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's really funny. That's good. That works. I lulled. Don't say that. Don't ever say that. A termite walks into a bar and asks, where's the bartender? <laughs> Finally... Rick, <laughs> sorry. Did you hear the one about the blind prostitute? You really have to hand it to her. And we're done. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Hello, encouraging it Aaron Duran. I <laughs> <laughs> were dumb. And that's all right. Siegfried sent me nothing but Helen Keller jokes, which will not be read. That's all he knows. That's he all. Her. He sent me like fifty Helen Keller jokes. Well, he keeps her in the trunk, of course. That's all he... <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, here's what's coming up. Uh, we'll do rush tickets here uh, in just a short while. Um, let's see. Tim Riley back uh, with more news. We'll try to get to It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. You have a Roomba. 
Yeah. I wrote to myself, Roomba. Robot. So, by the way, Eddie. We named it Eddie. Here's the thing about the Roomba. So I was talking to Laura last night because, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. And mm-hmm. in addition to many things, uh, many of them from ProFlowers.com, I said, hey, would you? how would you also feel about a Roomba? And she actually, uh, no fooling, she's totally down with a Roomba for Valentine's Day. No, that's a cool gift idea. Yeah. I really think it is. It's not like giving like a blender to some, you know, yeah. to, you know, your wife. Well, or that's whatever. the thing is, we came to that conclusion yesterday that the deal is, if you give your wife something that she then has to work to use, especially if it's a thing that you are then going to get the benefit of, then you're just asking to be punched. Yeah, the only time you could give like kitchen type stuff is if your significant other. You know, it's a chef or, or just really, really enjoys cooking. cooking. Or has specifically asked for it. Yeah. Like if she says, uh, look, I'd like a new spice rack or something. Then, yeah, yeah. then you can do it, but you can't just do that unbidden. Oh, That's no. just going to end bad. Jen and I love our Roomba. You start to talk to it and treat it like a person. Now, does it? Well, you don't have any pets, though. My whole thing is if it would terrify Max. Um, you can actually, there's a forum on the site that teaches people how the, to acclimate their pet to their Roomba. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty damn cool. Did you yeah. see that? It, and there's a Roomba Hacks book, which we picked up about two weeks ago. And at the iRobot site, though, they actually sell another one. It's not a Roomba, but it's like a thing like that that is there to interact with your pet when you can't be home. Yes. They also sell one that you I can also hook it up. You can also do some things to it where you can hook it up to your Internet oh, and robot. stick little tiny webcams all over it yeah. and then just contact it whenever you're not home. They've also got one that will patrol the perimeter of your house. Mm-hmm. Like, and, they've, and I swear to you... The other one is like, this one will sweep from mines and IEDs. So. Well, yeah, because it's, it's probably, you know, it's that same technology that, oh, yeah. you know, DARPA probably used 20 years ago. I think they also have one that will clean gutters. It climbs the, your, the roof yeah, of your house. Yeah, I saw that. That's really cool. Yeah, we're going to get the scuba, and then for our studio, we're getting the dirt dog, which is the big version of the Roomba. Yeah. But it doesn't have the vacuum. It's just this massive brush that picks up everything. That is so cool. God, they have robots for everything on here. Yes. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hi, hey. Roomba. They're great. Excellent. Uh, I broke it, though. Um, okay, and we're done. So, all right. I just have to get this. Hang on a second. I got a piece of hair on my tongue. Hang on. Have either of you read Hyperion or all of the and the other Hyperion books? I've read the first one. What'd you think? Mm, that's why I didn't read the other ones. It was really? good. I just didn't want to move on. I don't even know what we're talking about now. Well, I was, I was, you said that you were looking for a new book. I was just calling to recommend that and do the hair on the tongue. Joke. I don't really, I don't read a lot of fiction. It takes a lot to get me to read fiction. I, uh, I'm a nonfiction guy. Every now and again I'll read a novel, but, uh, but not very often. Okay. All right. That's Th- it. Thank you, sir. Thanks. All right, there you go. Yeah, the books are okay. They're, they're okay. I'm sorry, Sarah's dog is wandering around the oh, studio. Oh, sorry, he's wearing his diaper, though. It should be pretty cool. <laughs> Wonderful. And there's uh, little chili peppers on it. It's so, hip. So is there anything coming out this week? It's all crap at the movies. This well, week, right? apparently um, a film that Sarah and her friends can't wait to go see called Fool's Gold opens today. What Not is my Fool's friends, Gold? my friend. It's our drunken movie that we watch every How weekend. How sad that you had to you had to correct <laughs> friends to friend. <laughs> no, and it's my super smart friend Heather, too. And I, like, I've been torturing her with this movie forever. And then now it's kind of a habit. Because what is Fool's it. Gold? I don't even know what it oh, is. Oh, no, well, it's, it, well, it's the pairing, the repairing of Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. Kate Hudson and Matthew oh, McConaughey. God, that looks How terrible. Oh, yeah, awful. They're together, and then they break up, and after they break up, they discover buried treasure or a map, and they go for it, and they have to, I guess, fake being together. It sounds really good. Starts, you know, Donald Sutherland once more digging from the bottom of the well. <laughs> you, know? you look at him like, dude, you were in the... Oh, man. I remember you on a tank, you know, drunkenly complaining about the spoils of war. Yeah. Now you're in a... Wait a minute. McConaughey Keeper's in jail. He can't borrow any money from her. Now he has to work somehow. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, since, Aaron, since you're here, let's do this top five. Okay. I've been, we I've haven't been... done a top five in like a month. No, it's I almost... Since, since before Christmas. I almost brought one from t- for today, and then I realized that you haven't 
done the one that I you've just, been planned forever. I, I did this one a while back, and then I haven't done it uh, forever. So, uh, and then, uh, Richie, let's do the top five here, and then when we're done, we'll uh, we'll attempt to give away some rush tickets. So we will take caller five at uh, 503-733-2970. 503 Caller five will get a chance to win a pair of tickets to see Rush. Uh, beat the box office. They go on uh, sale tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com uh, or all Ticketmaster outlets. Uh, but you can uh, attempt to win those right now if you're color five at 503-733-2970. In the meantime, in between time, though, here is your top five for Friday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Four, three, two, one, fire. And you did tease this a long time ago. This is the ACDC one? Yeah, no, literally, I did this the week that I got back from Utah. Because when I was in Orem, I heard this righteous song. Like, oh, this has got to be in the... T-. I made... I, I created this entire top five just so we could play the number one song. Which, at that point, hasn't hadn't really been played anywhere. And so I created this before Christmas. And it's been sitting around that long. So... And for no readily apparent reason, the Rick Emerson Show presents the top five bands that sound just like ACDC. These are the top five songs that sound exactly like ACDC that we now do for no reason at all. And two months later, at honorable mention, <laughs> except. Except. Except is a great band. They're, they're one of those bands that have sort of fallen through the cracks. You really only see these guys on VH1 Classics Metal Mania at this point. They're notable... For sounding like ACDC and for having a lead singer who looks like he has Down syndrome. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a short guy with like really heavily lidded eyes and like a mo haircut. <laughs> sort of stumpy and so sort like of... like if Corky was in a metal band? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but these guys, for, the, for one shining moment, these guys were really popular, like in about 1986. Counting on the top five bands that sound just like ACDC. At number five, we've got Jet. This is not. This probably should be honorable mention because, to the best of my knowledge, it's totally. Yeah. yeah. I think it is just this one song. I mean, the other stuff I've heard from Jet sounds more like the Knack. They sound more like a new wave band most of the time. But I remember when we were working at Intercom, and KNRK was playing this, uh, this this song, this Cold Hard Bitch song, and thinking to myself how odd it was that this was on an alternative station, because it is. Uh, for all intents and purposes, it's an ACDC song. I mean, it's like a dead freaking ringer for ACDC. It really, really is. It sounds absolutely like ACDC. It's a great song, though. It's even got this little staccato. This little... Right there. Great song, though. These guys ever come out with another record? They had, I think so. They had Get Born, and then like... Town, got another they were doing some follow-up album that either came out or didn't. And they sort of vanished. Hmm. Whatever happened to the Killers? Are they still putting out records? Sarah's off and The Killers? Oh, no. Sarah's a favorite song. Um, you know, I don't know. I know they released like a Best Of record. Already? The Killers? Fun. Already? Yeah. A Best Of record? <laughs> yeah. That's just sad. I don't know, I haven't talked to my buddy who works with them in a while. Counting on the top five bands that sound just like AZDC. Number four, The Four Horsemen. 
Jason Crump and I've had a whole bonding session about the Four Horsemen. By bonding, you mean he held a knife to your throat and told you to like this band or die, or real bonding? No, like, uh, I, at one point, was talking to him about the Four Horsemen, and I was like, oh, there's this great band that existed for, like, five months, 15 years ago, and he was the only person I had ever met in my life who remembered these guys. Did he do his happy, shaky hands metal dance? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. <laughs> and I have this really, I have this bootleg Four Horsemen video that I bought online that I gave to him, and he and I had this whole nerd guy bonding session about the Four Horsemen. Turns out that Dan Bozik from KUFO is a big friend of these guys, too. These guys have the best, saddest rock story ever, um, where they got together, they put out this one record with Rick Rubin. Uh, it's just a, a nearly flawless album. And then in the space of, I think, two years, lead singer is in an accident and goes into an irreversible brain-dead coma. Drummer overdoses, and I think, like, the bass player got cancer and died. I mean, they were like, it was one of those horrible, perfect things where they were on the verge of fame because they had a superstar producer behind them. They were on Deaf American, which at that time was the biggest record label in that kind of rock. And then it's like fate just came down and kicked them all in the teeth. Killing each one of them as one of the horsemen? Serious. <laughs> well, your wife actually made this observation that a band called the Four Horsemen can't really ask for a whole lot of good luck to come their way. No. <laughs> and let's see. For the for the rhythm guitarist, Pestilence. <laughs> if you, uh, if you, but uh, seriously, yeah. if you ever want to read a sad story, go to Wikipedia and read the story of the Four Horsemen. It really is a great, terrible rock and roll story. It is, uh, it's almost, it's so terrible that it's almost perfect in a horrible, poetic way. Jeez. These are the uh, top five bands. Bands that sound just like ACDC. Number three, Rose Tattoo. Now, these guys sound more like early uh, Bon Scott Rose Tattoo. Less, less so than Brian Johnson Tattoo. You know this guy, Aaron. This, um... Here's why people in my generation will know Rose Tattoo. If you have the Guns N' Roses Lies EP, there's a song on there called Nice Boys Don't Play Rock and Roll, which Rose Tattoo, they are the original artist behind that. And also, this guy, this lead singer, whose name is Angry Anderson, he is the bald guy in Road Warrior. Oh, really? That's him. Oh, okay, cool. So I this, do know this guy, yeah. Yeah, this guy is the bald guy in Road Warrior. Oh, Just nice. Just a badass. Yeah. And these guys were one of those bands. Pinky. They never really made it that big. They never really made it out of Australia. The rest of the world really didn't ever hear about them. But they're one of those, like, scrappy bar bands that you know would just beat you down in an instant. You know? Yeah, totally. They're still playing in the Outback somewhere. Just a fantastic band, though. Yeah, this is pretty cool. It's a, it, it's, they're a really, really great band. They're called Rose Tattoo. Counting on the top five bands that sound just like ACDC. At number two, Rhino Bucket. Worst name ever. I've never heard of that name. The, the, I mean... Does it mean something, or just... No. Here's the only interesting thing about this band. Well, two things. One, how freaking much they sound like ACDC. I mean, again, this especially if you go back to, like, uh, like Highway to Hell era ACDC. But, geez. Listen to that. <laughs> wow. But really, if you do, like, dirty bard rock, how do you not sound like ACDC anymore? ACDC is one of those bands that got there first. Them and and they really they laid claim to that whole sound. Here's the interesting thing about this band. The drummer had a sex change and is now a woman. Still drums for the band. So if you see if you see Rhino Bucket live now, 
the band is exactly the same. It's just that, in the words of Ed Wood, the drummer became a lady. And so his name used to his name used to be like Joe whatever, and now it's like Jacqueline. Same band. The drummer's just got boobs and a brand new vagina. Well, good on them. Yeah, I mean, really, a brand new oh, pair of roller skates. Like woman no, no, no. Became, became a woman. Had a had a sex change operation. Went down to Mexico and got it done. Yes. <laughs> Mexico was a nightmare. These are the top five bands that sound just like ACDC. And at number one, we have Airborne. Now this the. These guys were the reason I did this top five. I was driving around in Orem, and I heard this. It's a brand new song, brand new album. Just came out like six weeks ago. I think KUFO just added this song, too. This is, as Fatboy said, this is one of those bands that you hear. And for the first 30 seconds, you can't tell if it's a joke or not. And then you hear the chorus, and it doesn't matter because it's just so freaking yeah. great that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. You can't tell if they're real or if they're another version of the well, darkness. Well, that's the thing. is, And they, they are kind of the real thing. They're on Roadrunner Records, which is always a good uh, a good indication. But great, great hook on this. Sitting here bobbing our heads like morons. Yeah. Let's go cruise. Anyway, so this band is called Airborne uh, with a U. So you ought to uh, check them out. All right. It's 503 733 2970. I'm sorry, sir. I thought you were going to take that to break. Uh, I was gonna, let me do this rush uh, thing here okay. and then we'll take a break. Uh, let's see here. Let's get the. Hello. Hi, caller five. How are you? Hello. Hey, you what's up, brother? All right. Are you a rush fan, sir? Uh, yes, sir. All right. So here's the deal. You have your choice. <laughs> you can. I feel so bad that you put together all these Dungeons and Dragons questions. Don't feel bad. Music. Dude, it took me ten minutes to do it. They all came out of my just fleshy head. All right, here's the Is thing. Is there a chance I could get Aaron to answer a and d question no. for me? One of the ones he created. No. Uh, yes, I will answer my own question. Uh, Please. So, what's going on there? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be interrupting anything. I survived. Okay, here's here's your choice. You can either play Name That Rush Song, you can have Aaron try to name that Rush Song for you, or you can answer a Dungeons & Dragons question. How's your acumen with Rush, Aaron? I don't know if I can fairly say that. Am I allowed to say no, 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 you, 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 no, Yeah, you can't... Uh, Although people that are longtime readers of Geek in the City and of my parents is here know that I do have a kryptonite. So, uh, yeah, so we're not going to tip, uh, you know, tip his hand. We're not going to tell you whether he uh, knows a little or a lot about Rush. So I'm going to let Aaron answer it. Okay. Oh, boy. So look away, oh, Aaron. Boy. Okay, Aaron has to avert his eyes uh, because I don't want him to see which song I'm selecting. I'll just gaze upon Sarah. Okay. Uh, all right, so here's the deal. I will play 20 seconds of a Rush song done in a different style. Uh, Aaron will then have 10 seconds to think about it. If he can correctly name the song, you, sir, will win a pair of passes to see Rush, the amphitheater at Clark County, Sunday, June 1st. Tickets on sale tomorrow at Ticketmaster.com. All right. Um... Ben, can I tell you the only Rush joke ever invented? Yes. Okay. No, Yo. no, tell us now. Um, how many drummers does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. Eleven. One to do it and... Tend to say that Neil Perk could have done it better. That's really funny. <laughs> that is legitimately funny. Well done, sir. 
Thank you. All right. Aaron, I'm going to play this for you. Aaron Duran, name this Rush song. What is that Rush song? Hold on. Let's pick up the caller so he can hear your correct answer. All right, Aaron. What's that Rush song? Something Rainbow. I don't know. I'm <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. You've chosen so poorly. Oh. Really? <laughs> well, I went for the joke. Uh, no. No. Sorry, sir. Sorry, no? dude. No, no. You win my laughter and mirth, <laughs> sir. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. All right. There you go. Well, let's do one more because I have to get rid of these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? Uh, this is Shane. Shane, are you a, are you a Rush fan? Yes, sir. Big Rush fan. All right. I'm going to give you the same <laughs> choice, though, just because I like being wacky. Uh, you can either take a guess at the song yourself, you can have Aaron do it, or you can answer a Dungeons & Dragons question. What is your choice? Uh, I'll take a crack at it. At the Rush song. Sure. All right. So let's... They all sound so excited. Whatever. Yeah, all right. Whatever. All right, sir, you'll have uh, 20 seconds of music, 10 seconds of thinking, then we'll pick the phone back up. Name this Rush song. Sir, can you name that Rush song? Uh, <laughs> I don't have a clue. Oh. Tom Sawyer? Uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom Sawyer is totally that's the go-to guess for whatever. You know, I don't know that song either, but I would use that version oh, in the totally. D&D game. That's like on multiple choice where you just go, see? Because that's just what you've been told it probably is. All right. Sorry about that, sir. Thank you. Okay, thanks. All right, bye now. All right, well... Look, it's not that I want to hear like like I'm bummed out that people aren't reading my questions. I'm just bummed out that all these Rush fans are like hiding from their D and D love. Because I know that you do believe if you're a Rush fan, the odds are like seventy percent that you. Yeah, are that's D&D why I did it. Yeah, yeah. I might make the next person take a D and D question, whether they like it or not, because they can't get the music. Sarah, well, yeah, because nobody's getting the music. No, at all. nobody's getting the music, and we haven't used any of your questions. So, Sarah. Oh I'm no, gonna... you used one for fun, and that guy. The guy nailed it. He yeah. totally nailed. Even it. got the bonus. Um, so I'm gonna do our glorious bastard of the week. Then we'll come back. Tim Riley around the corner. We'll do another shot of these rush tickets and this so forth. Greetings and salutations, Grant Williams. You are being addressed at this moment because you, yes, you, have been selected as the AM970 Glorious Bastard of the Week with all the rights and privileges that entails. In addition to the envy of your fellow man, you'll receive a bountiful cornucopia of swag from the AM970 pile of crap, including a pair of tickets, yes, to see Rush at the Clark County Amphitheater. Tickets on sale February 9th through Ticketmaster and all Ticketmaster outlets. 
as well as the wonderful knowledge that for at least this one week, you are just a little bit better than everyone else. Enjoy your newly elevated status, and don't hesitate to lord it over the less fortunate. That's why the good Lord created them. Thank you for listening, Grant Williams. You are the glorious bastard of the week. Sign up at 970.am, and don't forget, you only got 30 minutes left to vote in our Lot of Spam for Spam-A-Lot contest. Do it now at 970.am. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. I got this email from Morgan Grace claiming she loves me. And also, I'm sure, incidentally, that I should plug her show this weekend. Rick, I'm playing a big show this weekend at Mississippi Studios. Can you please give it a shout? Here you go. Uh, that is tomorrow, February 9th, 10 p.m. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Morgan Grace at Mississippi Studios on North Mississippi, of course. Uh, I, 3939. I, I'm sorry. I was going to plug my friend's craft fair, too. I forgot about that. A craft fair? Yeah, it's happening tomorrow. Plan B from, like, 2.30 to 8 or 9, I think. And it's all, like, crafty people from Portland who go and they're, you know, selling their wares. So craft fair first, Morgan Grace later. There you go. Maybe you can find something to wear at the craft fair and then... And then take it to see Morgan Grace Saturday, that is tomorrow, 10 p.m. at Mississippi Studios. There you go. So if you know Morgan, she may or may not be listening. If you know Morgan, uh, tell her that I mentioned this so she doesn't come and kill me. You sound scared of her. She's kind of crazy. I mean, she's hot and all and nice and talented and whatnot, but you get the feeling she'd cut you. Wow, like you said crazy first. Well, who are we fooling? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's part of her greatness. I really mean that. But you get the feeling that, you know, if somewhere in the past there's a guy who's wrong journey. He's like missing a kidney or something right about now. Just the feeling I get. Ladies I like and her. gentlemen. Oh, wait, hold on. Before we do that. Um, Richie, so are, are these people who are just, okay, it's busy. All right, excellent. So while, uh, while Tim is doing this, let us now uh, endeavor to take caller number five. To, for the love of sweet Christ, give away when this is the last concert? freaking, like, months from now, but i got to give these away this week. That's the thing. Um, so, now, I'm telling you, here's the thing. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, this next question will be about Dungeons & Dragons. Because Aaron is here, and he put all of this effort into making three pages really of questions. really didn't, though. Yeah, but I want to use... I'm sick of playing Tom Sawyer down on the zither. You've so, never played Tom Sawyer. Otherwise, people would have had it by now. Uh, so we'll take caller number five right now. You will be answering a Dungeons & Dragons trivia question. If you get it wrong, you will be shamed or not, depending on how you feel about that kind of thing. Stabbed in an eye with a protractor. That, oh. And now, from the Ministry protractor. of Truth, no. this is Tim Riley. Our top story at Crescent Woman is a finalist in the Pillsbury Bake Off Contest. <laughs> Kathy Sepik will compete for the million-dollar prize in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> she earned a coveted spot among the final 100 for her original recipe of chicken Alfredo Gonzalo walnut pizza. Gonzalo? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what is Gonzalo? Whoever, I guess that's the last name of Alfredo. Uh, anyway, she went on an all-expense-paid trip to Dallas, Texas. <clears throat> she could win a million dollars. Is there a picture of her? Tim? No, there isn't. Okay. Yes, that's Corgonzola. Well, whatever his name oh. is. Okay. okay. I'm not familiar with <laughs> Gonzala. See, si. pizza made My name Mexicans. is Alfredo Gonzala. <laughs> you killed the Pillsbury Doughboy. Prepare to die. Okay. A turtle swims from Indonesia to Oregon. A leatherback turtle has been tracked swimming from the coast of Papa Province in Indonesia to Oregon. It may be the longest trip for marine vertebrae ever in the history of the world. This turtle swam 12,774,000 miles, and it took it 
647 days. Yes? I was just going to weigh in on that story, but, it, <laughs> but the effort is almost too much. How do they, when they, that's just dumb when they say, in the, in the history of the world, what does that even mean? How would they know? I guess people Is there somebody, like, that. since the beginning of time, like Radon Chong discovered fire and then she started tracking <laughs> leatherback turtles? Whatever. Well, right. there were just, the, those are two milestones for Oregon. A Pillsbury Bake Off finalist <laughs> and a turtle. Which are you more excited about? Oh, that's hard to say. Have you ever gone to a Pillsbury Bake Off? I have not, no. Me either. Is it always in the same place? No, I think it's a different place. The Pillsbury Bake Off is one of those things that you hear about a lot, but I, like, I don't really think I know what happens there. Doesn't it seem like at any moment there's going to be some quirky indie comedy about the Pillsbury Bake Off, though? Done by, like, with Steve Zahn, or, like, done by the Coen Brothers. And it'll be blah, 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 crime, you know, it's a, it's a hilarious crime film, but it, it, the climax takes place at the Pillsbury Bake Off. Where, like, Edie McClurg is, like, making some zany uh, food. I've been a judge at a chili cook-off before. But really? Cook-off, yeah. Um, I might as well read this. Hey, I just read that the former sponsor, the Pirates uh, Tavern, that vegan place, is now Portland's first non-smoking vegan strip club. Still we did the, the same owner. I know, but it's all worth it so I can say this. Mm-hmm. How long before we hear Tim telling us all about their veggie spread? <laughs> <laughs> See, wasn't that, that was, worth it? Yeah. I really want to go there. Why? Yeah, you do. Because it's a smoke-free strip club. That's one of the things. I, I would like to enjoy the ladies without having to use my inhaler. Because nothing says sexy like, oh, you're so yeah, hot. Yeah, all over you. <laughs> you're so great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Would you like a lap dance? Sure. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I can't top that. I want to leave. I'm oh, oh, what kind of an attitude is that, Tim? The SWAT team has just been called to Southwest Boone's Ferry Road and Southwest Alsey in Tualatin for some reason. That's all we know. That's the suburbs. You'll leave people hanging with that. You'll have to uh, tune in later to find out more. I'm sure you'll hear something. Four, five, six, and seven. Top of the hour all the way through like us. Let's uh, give it up for Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Thank you, Tim Riley. Wonderful. Excellent. Okay. I want to come in like on a Monday someday. Because I always see no you guys like all you. tired, and well, I know someone who's stopping me. Oh, your employer? The man. El, El hombre. The man. El hombre blanco. Are going to drink some Jaeger? Not now. It's too late now. What do you mean too late now? I don't want to start now. You have to drive home? No. Then there's no reason not to start. Oh, come on. You've got to have a little bit. Is it cold, though? I have, we have little shot glasses in the kitchen. Hang on. Are you... Oh. Right there. It's been chilling. Can I take it home? It's been chilling for months. No. Well, what the hell? This is from Lucas Rossi. This is to stay here. Oh. Lucas Rossi from Rockstar Supernova gave us this Jaeger. It's a big-ass bottle of Jaeger. How much would this cost? Rockstar Supernova, Lucas Rossi? Yes. <laughs> How much would it cost Chasing to buy Amy's Jason Lee. <laughs> is this expensive? I don't know. I can't stand Jaeger. How much would this cost? Sarah? Not that I can't stand it. Uh, you can't 40 or 50 bucks. As we're getting you like a... a really? 50 bucks? Yeah, that's a big... Yeah, probably. Get in the booze-making business. All right, hold on. Let me open Do you know it. originally Jaeger used... To, I think it used to be opium and stag's blood. Really? Yeah, that's what I had always heard. I like how you like say originally. you can't stand it as you're getting a glass ready for me to pour it. Sure is not going to... I'm not going to be able to... All right. It's a matter of Rick's. It, it doesn't want to... You can open. do it, Rick. You can Shut do up. it. Did you ride your bike today, oh, Rick? The, the, uh, I may be I an unfrozen... I with me. <laughs> The uh, the metal lid is all bent up. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, metal lid. Lucas Rossi could have opened it. Really squishy arms, I think. You know, and the guy who mouths off doesn't get free booze. Uh, all right, let, uh, hello, hi, who's this? This is Chris. All right, Chris, are you a Dungeons and Dragons player? Uh, no, I'm actually not. <laughs> Why did you call? 
Okay, long story. I was on my way to Home Depot, and I was trying to call Let's about Let's make it a long the, story. Whatever can we, we do, long story long? can we make it last yeah. as like long clue? as possible? What happened to Crocus? <laughs> That's what I was calling about. You were right? even calling to win rush tickets. Whatever happened to Crocus? I was calling. I was calling to win rush tickets, but I do not do Dungeons and Dragons. And I was on Home Depot. You mentioned the part about Dungeons and Dragons, and I missed that. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you a question anyway, so that you can lose. Uh, the but Crocus, I think they're still around. You want me to try and help? No, you no, no, I got it. Got um, it. They're still around. I think they tour in Germany and Europe. I don't think that, you know they don't tour in America much anymore. All I remember is that guy sounded like Bon Scott, but had like a weird Eugene Levy fro. Yeah, well, I thought they'd be in the top five ACDC sound-alike band. Oh, you mean on the top five? Aaron, can you try that lidded turn? <laughs> you do, funny man, you open it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, do you mean like uh, Crocus, like School's Out Crocus and Long Stick Go Boom Crocus? Correct. Yeah. No, it's, uh, no I, you're right. This is all warped. That's what all I'm right, saying. It doesn't want to open. No, it twists. It's like a, it's like a stripped uh, screw or something. Yeah, like and it, I've always it, been told that if, like, the button is poochy before you've opened it, never to eat it. Like, you know. Yeah. Veggie spread. Yeah, the uh, the threads are stripped on that screw cap on the Jägermeister. Other jobs don't have this problem. <laughs> right now there's a guy who's working at an insurance firm. All right, sir, I'm going to ask you the well, Dungeons and Dragons question. What if I pick him one that no. is like a generally easy one for pop no, culture? No, I, I'll, I'll pick one here. All right. Well, I'm the better I was person. trying to help you out. I'm the better person to pick one because I don't play D&D. So, all right, sir, I'm going to give you the easiest of all of these Dungeons and Dragons questions, all right? Okay, I'm ready. You may know this one because actually I know this one and I don't play D&D. All right. Tom Hanks starred in what TV movie inspired by the suicide of a college student in which D&D was blamed? Mmm, boy, I... Uh, the toy. Fail. <laughs> you rolled a one, sir. You rolled a one. Say, I was trying to... Uh, I was actually getting laid. I wasn't playing D&D. No, you are not toasty, sir. You I was doing both, sir, so you can step back whenever uh, you're ready. Sorry about that. Bye now. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> what, what was the answer? Uh, Let's just, yeah, we'll give it away. We'll burn that one. Mazes and monsters. Even <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. I, you're on the Rick Emerson Even show. Even you knew that? Like, you're not. Hey, guys. No, I'm saying, like, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons, and I knew that, which yeah, is why I gave that one to That you. was huge the in the 80s, too. one, yeah. Uh, are you a Dungeons and Dragons fan, sir? I have played it, although I'd like to phone a friend. No. Okay. So here's the thing, uh, for at at stake here, a pair of tickets to see Rush. I know. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. How can stop that? How come you you're breathing into the phone? Sir? How can I'm, I'm concentrating? Please don't breathe into the phone while I'm trying to read you the question. How Rick has initiative. Let him go like first. Like a W mouth, but then all of a sudden it came out as an H. You're like. The question is this. Thank you. Breathing. How can a quest? Now I can't even read. How can a character truly destroy a troll, as per the rules in the Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual? How can a character truly destroy a troll, as per the rules in the Monster Manual? Caller is about to die. <laughs> Caller needs answered badly. Caller needs. I have no idea. Don't shoot rolling food. a. What? Combination of dice by rolling a certain combination. You're of You're totally dice. bluffing. You're just making that up. That's a Sarah or Rick answer. You are it guessing. It sounded good though, didn't it? Well, the no. industrial revolution was a revolution <laughs> of industry. <laughs> by challenging them to some the, sort of. The workers control the means of. Sorry. Bye. 
That would be fire or acid. Yeah. Sorry about that. All right. Hello. Hi. Really? Uh, who is this? Yeah. Hi, this is Nathan. Nathan, oh. you're talking really loud. Do you play Dungeons & Dragons? <laughs> Do I know that if I have a minus two armor class and bracers of defense and a dagger of venom that I can kill a red dragon. Aaron, is he making it up? Uh, yeah, old school. Yeah, he could. All right. Here we go. Uh, Aaron, because this guy kind of knows what he's talking about, I'll let you pick the question. Sir, all right. I'll take it right now. Easy, give me an easy one. All right. Just, let's, all, let's all calm down. Okay. Okay, right now, your excitement is at plus five. Maybe All right. plus one is what's called for here. All right, I won't give an easy one, but I'll give him one that you've got to play to know. Okay. You've got to play old school to know. This is, oh. a, this is for a pair of rush tickets, sir. Answer right. this D&D question. What does the ac an acronym FACO mean? And an acronym for what? What does FACO mean? Can you spell it for him? It's an acronym. Yeah, T-H-A-C-0. T-H-A-C-0. Oh. What does that acronym stand for in D&D, sir? See, he knows it, and it's killing him now. Oh, dude, it's on the tip of my tongue. Let me taste your sweet tears, Nathan. You hit, um... It tastes it, like wine. It, uh, oh. It's uh, hit... Oh. Hold on. He sounds like he's almost got it. Well... Uh, it's to hit something. <laughs> Son of a biscuit. <laughs> I'll give you five more seconds. Can I give him one little hint? Yeah. He he referenced it when he was talking about his knowledge of D&D. &D. He, he, he mentioned the term that he's looking for. You mentioned it what? You mentioned the term when you were talking about being a badass and killing a red dragon. Do you know what the acronym stands oh, for? Oh, it's sir? the armor. Uh, Come on. Do I hit the armor class? Do uh, hit armor class zero? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Thank Jesus. Okay, we're done. Oh, come on, that was good. We're done. Sir, you're going to see Rush at the Amphitheater of Clark County. Congratulations. Yes! <laughs> hey, it's all worth first, it for that. Yeah. That first song you played, that first song you played for the very first caller, was that the Spirit of Radio? Yes. Dude, I'm all over this. Oh, this guy is a Rush fan. <laughs> Nerd. Dude, you're kidding me. I'm dying inside. Will uh, you be wearing your cloak shirt to the concert? <laughs> Dude, I'm going to wear my cloak and my big boots and... It's going to be awesome, oh, yeah, dude. I'm going to take my 20-sided die, and I'm going to challenge some people. <laughs> You're going to have sex with so many girls that night. It's going to be hot. <laughs> Can Aaron come and bring his inhaler? <laughs> <laughs> his inhaler, it's like it's, but it's like being clutched by a pewter dragon hand. Just give me lungs. Oh, that's that's fine. Bye. 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 Hold on, Aaron. Uh, uh, Richie will uh, get your information. All right. Aaron, we're done with this. Yeah, that's fine. Jesus. It's my people. Like I could just smell the Diet Coke and fail. Diet Coke. Whatever. Back <laughs> after this. Saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. The gauntlet sound effect. The music. Which it, is also the same beat as, you know when Michael Myers is stalking someone, that uh -huh. music? Same music. Yeah. Is it true? Let me ask you this. When I was a kid, I always heard that there was a that gauntlet. Even as I, I say this now, I realize this is retarded. <laughs> when I was a kid, Aaron, I always heard that there was level 666 on gauntlet that was all demons. Uh, That's you not know, true, probably. Probably, but I haven't. I've never. Who the hell could get to that level? I don't know. Now that I realize, I thought we agreed to stop talking about this. We can stop talking about D and D. Not gauntlet. This isn't. Yeah, yeah. This is oh, okay. gauntlet. You're this not allowed to rent here anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
Do you hate Fridays? Do you hate alternate Fridays? Let me put it that way. You don't like it when I come in, do you? I love it when no, you come No, no, that's fine, sir. Why don't you like Mexicans? What about... Yeah. Oh, jeez. Wish we'd all go home. <laughs> I feel like I always have to coddle you. No, it's okay, Aaron. No, I mean, you know. You and I write Is it only good when I'm not, you know. No, we write back and forth no, all day. No, that's is very sweet. She loves me very She loved me a long time. <laughs> Why is everything so awkward? <laughs> Let's talk about Star Trek. Quit fighting, it wouldn't be awkward. <laughs> she is younger and prettier than you thought she would be, though, isn't she? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you'd be older. Uh, and you know my people. I thought you'd be a crone. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you don't have as many molds I expected you to have. Yeah, see, what, is it, uh, what does that even mean? Yeah, like your you ass would be bigger. Disfigured or something? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. All right. Um, so, quickly, let's do a couple of uh, bits of geekness. So, are they making two Hobbit films? Is that uh, the deal? Yeah. Which I don't think is a good idea. Now, Fatboy said that he heard they were doing one to the movie, uh, one to the theater, and one D- to DVD. I don't know if going to be DVD, but I know. I mean, what they're going to do is that the second film is going to be pretty much 100% original content that's supposed to bridge the gap between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. But the, which makes no sense because the opening sense. of Lord of the Rings pretty much does yeah. that. And I think it, it, so. Something Tolkien didn't write. Yeah. Uh, see, and I think it, that's a bad idea. I think yeah. The Hobbit could be a strong three-hour movie and be done. Yeah, that's what I mean. And then you're finished. You as soon as you because here's the thing. Don't not go even film be, the Similarian. Don't right. go film Unfinished Tales. Well, and because as soon as you give in to that temptation to go inspired by the writings of J.R.R. Tolkien, you become George Lucas. No, and then, and then it's just easier and easier and easier to crank out crap that just has his name on it. Then you're like Tom Clancy, just sticking your name on Dwayne. Yeah, everywhere. totally. Uh, here's somebody with a question for you. Hi, you have a question for Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Hey, yes, I'm just wondering if those could be, uh, the, the D&D questions could be posted on a website maybe somewhere? Yeah, I'm sure it's hard to find D&D questions on the Internet, sir. Oh, come on, I've been <laughs> looking forward all week, haven't been able to catch it. And, uh, Let me understand this. I'll put them online. Hold on. You've actually spent this week looking forward to the segment of the program when we would read questions about Dungeons and Dragons. See, yeah. Sarah? Yeah. I'm and not saying... Only... Did I say yeah. that anything was wrong with Hold that? on. Well, let me... Uh, sir, okay, I'll quickly, I will ask you one question, and uh, I think we can find something to give you if you get this right. I don't know if it'll be anything good, but we oh, could I probably need, give I... you something here. Are you ready? Well, the, the satisfaction will be enough. Go. What happens to a sword plus two when bonded and held by a paladin at fifth level? Well, you could probably turn it into a plus five Holy Avenger. Nerd. Yeah, Jesus you probably God. could. Yeah, yeah, you probably could. <laughs> You'd be back in first or second edition to do that, though. No. <laughs> Sarah is actually just slumped over on the counter, wishing herself back Sir, if you come home. to the Film Fever Radio Awards on February 23rd at Sam's Billiards at 8 p.m., I will buy you a drink for answering that. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Shakespeare Stout by Rogue River. Thank you. Okay. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Yeah. Find out more. Geek in the City LLC. Find it. It's at the Clearinghouse LLC. for all your Portland geek needs. Geekinthecity.com or filmfeverradio.com. Yes, new show up. New show will be up this evening. Uh, we want to thank Cena Radio Correspondent Steve Castamount, Lisa Desjardins, and again, Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Uh, miles around tomorrow, 6 to, I'm sorry, 9 to 11, preceded by Car and Driver Radio. Like us next, Donna Mike at 7. Uh, have a good weekend. Be safe. Don't let the bastards grind you down. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave's in. Bridget upstairs runs the website and spam voting is now closed. CNN, uh, CNN, CBS Radio, Portland Marketing Guru, Susan Reynolds. Bye, 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 bye. Have a good, safe weekend. See you on Monday. Bye now. That's why we was like, stop, stop, you're spraying the baby.